lovely. A show where the host combined ages 70. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much true. Yeah, yeah. no, it's pretty good, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's all I got. I can't remember anything else from that classic ABBA jam. Yeah, but I mean, as men at a combined age of 70. Yeah. We, of course, know ABBA really well. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to this week's installment of Dead and Lovely, a favorite horror movie review podcast in all the land here with me, old Uncle Ben, and my stalwart co-host, who your name is. Is that you, Hollywood Steve? Woo! <laughs> Just prepping you for a big woo. Damn! It's Hollywood Steve. I don't know if I was ready for that. You weren't. Woo! Man alive. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. I'm yeah? amped up. Oh, you're fired. How can we fire I've been up drinking, for? drinking Red Bull all goddamn day. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, we we just recorded our, our little mini episode. Uh-huh. Surprise. So we've Surprise, had a couple drinks. We might have. We might have. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you guys missed it there, we put up a little mini episode, a review-only thing for Hereditary, which is in theaters now. It is. And it'll scare the fucking dick off of you. It will. Holy And if you don't shit. have a dick, it'll scare a dick onto you. Yeah, it's like, oh, God. Your neighbor's dick will crawl out of his pants and up your pants, but not in a sexual way. No, no, no. 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 It's just that scary. Yeah. You now have new genitalia. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> Dude, it is fucking phenomenal. Uh, and again, we put up just a little mini episode there for you guys the other day. So if you're not checked that out, do check it out and go watch fucking Hereditary because yep. holy ball sack. It's so intense. I just, man, Steven, I need to calm my nerves. Do you? I got a case of the vapors. You know what they, they say? A, a cure for the vapors? A little Lagunitas. <laughs> Let's have a beer and see uh-huh. what it does. So it does say that on the the label there. Yeah, Lagunitas, a cure for the vapors. Cure for the vapors. Uh huh. Of course, uh, you guys know we are a huge fan of a of a Lagunit on this show. I've got us a quart of sake to me, and I have never had this. Before. I haven't either. Ale with sake yeast and rice. I hope it means there's like grains of uncooked rice floating. Around I hope. In there. I hope it's fried rice. <laughs> Is that kind of like a new version of that? Do you remember that Orbitz drink from like uh-huh. the late 90s? Oh, that was so that had gross. had jelly balls. And yeah, it's like, you I know love drinking need. and like gagging sometimes. Uh, just suddenly great. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. There's a little ball. <laughs> that stuff was stupid. It really was. The 90s, weird time. Yeah, overall just a weird time. How did they make those things float in there? I don't oh, understand. Oh, boy. I assume it's probably witchcraft. Probably yeah. witchery. Uh-huh. Let's see if this brew's got anything Cheek. bewitching about it. Clinky clink. Let's see about it. I'm going to let you get an expectation. Mm. Hmm. That is surprisingly light. Boy, howdy it Especially is. Especially considering it's 9% alcohol. 9% of this cup is alcohol, but it sure does not feel like it. No. it's. I mean, uh, Budweiser also uses rice in their brew, and I would ah, say yeah. it has... A pleasant uh, comparison to Budweiser. But if it was, like, good. If yeah. Budweiser was way, way better. Yeah, exactly. If it but had this way also, more flavor. It does have a tang to it. It tastes like a Lagunitas is mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, yeah, it is a lighter, paler, um, less hoppy brew than Lagunitas usually presents us with. Uh-huh. But goddamn, that's that's good. You could get, like, fucked up on a lawnmower oh, drinking this. Easily, especially since it comes in quarts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think Jesus. they deliberately made it too big for a cup holder on a lawnmower yeah. so that nobody will try it. <laughs> you know, fucking putting your mower out in the street and get hit by a car and shit. <laughs> fucking falling asleep on it. That'd be awesome now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, it'd be all right. It'd be a hell of a way to go. With, I, um, I haven't talked a lot about my youth as a, as a hooligan. Yeah. 
but in my hooliganing days, um, my friend Brian and I, we lived, uh, he was my behind me neighbor. I okay. don't know what they mm-hmm. call that. Backside neighbor. Backside neighbor. And um, we uh, both skated, so we would hang out. Oh, you were a skater boy. I was a skater boy. See you later, boy. See you later, boy. Uh, my favorite part about that song is that the moral of it is you shouldn't break up with a guy in high school because he might be rich later. <laughs> Okay. It's a great point. Uh-huh. It's a great point. Anyway, um, we, his uncle, mm-hmm. <laughs> old Bill, Billy Goat, we'd call him sometimes. Oh, you don't say. Uh, he would he would buy us alcohol like crazy, and we were fourteen. Okay. Um, and so we would we would just try to maximize our little bit of money. Yeah. So we would oftentimes be drinking quarts of o- old English. Oh, some OE. St. Ides. Uh-huh. Hurricane. King Cobra. Oh man. We, we didn't fuck with King Cobra. Hurricane I mean, was as low as we went. Okay. But we yeah. drank a lot of hurricane. <laughs> we also drank a lot of natural ice back in that day. I don't know if I've ever drank like a 40 of malt liquor ever actually. Don't. Like a whole 40. I don't think Do I have. Do not. I've flirted with a steel reserve. That doesn't really count mm. though. That's like just kind of yeah. like a uh, it's just strong beer. She, yes, cheap strong beer. Yeah, yeah. Malt liquor. I don't know, man. There's not really anything good about it to me. Yeah. But when you're young, it tastes good because it's kind of sweet and it'll get you drunk. Yeah. And it will get you drunk. Yeah. Man, I had a beer last night over uh, over at a buddy's house. I found it at McScrooge's liquor store up there in Knoxville. Okay. They got a great selection of fucking everything. You ever huh. been out there? I have not. It's kind of out off Cedar Bluff. Okay. Holy cow. Like gigantic scotch and whiskey selection too. I it's really a, like this. It's beer. good, isn't it? It is. The it's really nice and light. Yeah. And the flavor is somewhat like floral or yeah, yeah. soapy or something. It's very nice. It does, yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a yingling. Yingling's kind of got it's that. It's got a little bit of that yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. So I was at that liquor store and I was buying a couple of beers, including this one. And I saw a beer that I'd seen on that counter before, and I was like tempted to get it, but this time I just I was just like, man, fuck it, I'm going over to see some friends. Everybody can try it, might as yeah. well, because it was like nine dollars for like a regular bottle, bottle, just uh-huh. a, a bottle, which I paid more than that for a great beer, and that's okay sure. to do for sure. For, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, people, I mean, uh, you paid fourteen dollars for just a, a yeah. low quality bottle of wine. Yeah, that and that's that's my thing. Is like yeah. whenever you see like like a Roquefort Trappist ten. Yeah, which is like one of the best fucking beers on earth, and it's like eleven dollars, and people freak out. It's like, dude, you can pay that for like cheap ass fucking boxed wine. Yeah, if you're in Nashville or New York, mm-hmm. you know, or L.A., like, yeah, it's not that big a deal for a, you know, small batch produced in one area of the world, world class beer. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. So, I um, I got this beer that was from a I think Danish brewery called Tuel. It's like T-O-O with a line through it, L. So I'm sure I'm okay. saying it wrong. And um, it's called like Reparations Bear. It's a uh, strong IPA. Uh-huh. It's motherfucking 17%. Jesus. Dude. Holy shit. I cracked that thing open and it was nuts. It tasted more similar to like, if you ever had like a barley wine? Uh-huh. It tasted more similar to a barley wine than anything, but I mean, it straight up was like fire it was insane it was so strong and so wow. like have you had like the 120 ipa from dogfish Head? yes you know how it's got that like molassesy raisiny mm-hmm. yeah wine like thing about yeah. it it definitely had that going on only i think it was like a little less heavy than that 120 that okay. 120 is straight up like it's it'll knock you on your ass it's like you blend it up like uh like two power bars into a beer <laughs> like you feel so full after you eat it or drink it you know yeah it's pretty nuts. So yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. 
So we've been having us some good old beers this Hell week, yeah. Steve. So what have you been watching, Steve? Anything good? Um, well, I've been watching some stuff for sure. Uh, I've been keeping up with Westworld, and the most recent episode of Westworld was season two. Uh, yeah, the most recent How episode of Westworld was so good. Yeah, it was amazing. Given my criticism about the first season, do you think that I will like the second season? I haven't started it yet. I think so. I think this one is so like sprawling and different. Like then. Like, you're not worried about how many timelines there are. There's there's okay. really only the one, basically. I mean, there there's a little bit of uh, iffiness going on with some, some back and forth, maybe uh, flashbacks. We're not sure of flashbacks yet. Okay. But it gets so into the characters. It's a lot... The stories are a lot more contained mm-hmm. to a particular character or characters and... You get a lot more backstory. It's it's really good. I hmm. like it. Okay, I'll have to check that out. I'll yeah. Check that out. Um, but I've also been continuing because uh, I've been watching Camp Slasher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've watched them all. All so, of them. All of them. <laughs> I've seen them all. Sick. And I uh, first off, <laughs> there haven't been a whole lot of good ones since the eighties. Yeah. But uh, well, until our movie comes out. Yeah, for sure. But very recently, in the past, say, five years or so, there have been a few that have been really good. Lake Bodum, I mentioned last okay, week, yeah, uh-huh. is, is really good. And uh, the movie we're going to do next week, The Final Girls. When did that come out? 2014 or 15, I okay, think. Okay, cool. Um, those two are really good. I like, don't know why the Camp Slasher like, faded away. I mean, I guess it's because like, it, I don't know if kids got, are going to camp anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's one major thing. Is that camp is not as widespread a thing but as like, it was. But who cares? It's like in a world where like Stranger Things and stuff is as big as yeah, it is, and it's all in get, the 80s and stuff. You don't have to have experienced something to no. get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand why we can't have throwback 80s Camp Slashers. It's like, uh, neither great one of us went to summer camp. No. And we both love Camp Slashers. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I've been watching some other summer camp movies. Okay, like what? I watched Meatballs. Never seen it. <laughs> Bill Murray's first feature film. No doubt. Uh-huh. Ivan Reitman directed. William Murray. He's not great. Okay. It is a lot of like, um, it's more like sketches than a whole like consistent story. Okay. But um, it and Bad News Bears are definitely big influences on the movie we, we covered today. Oh, okay, Meatballs right and Bad News Bears. You watch those, you'll get the 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 terrible cussing uh, children. Yeah, and their <laughs> antics. I don't know. I think they're pretty great at it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you'll get that that yeah. we see in this movie, and then Meatballs. You get the settings and a lot of the goofiness and stuff. Okay. That, that comes through in this movie. I also watched Wet Hot American Summer. Okay, which tight. I've seen a million times, but I've only watched the series. I've never watched the movie. Okay. Well, the series is great. Fuck yeah. Yeah. If I uh, like the series, will I like the movie? Yes. Okay, tight. 100%. And the series will make a little more sense. Okay, right not, on. I mean, not much. Yeah, it shouldn't make too much sense. Yeah. But. <laughs> None of it makes too much sense. <laughs> but um, it, Wet Hot American Summer, I described it to my wife like this. is It's a, a camp slasher that where nothing, nothing bad ever happens. Nobody ever actually gets slashed. Yeah, but like so many of the tropes of camp slashers are in it. Yeah. And it like, there are times where it seems like, oh, that's where it's going. Like, this is going to be camp yeah. slasher. No. They just, just never go They there. subvert it every single time. 
It's almost like they watch all these camp slashers and they're like, man, all the stuff in between the killings is really fun. Let's just stay there. Yeah. And so that's what they did. That's tight. Um, Ken Marino's character is based off of Ronnie from Sleepaway Camp, okay. the bodybuilder guy. Yeah, the big tough guy. Uh, he's also based off of the bully guy from The Burning. Mm. The mm-hmm. the one that was a bully Glazer? to Alfred. Or, yeah, Glazer. Yeah, Glazer. Uh, so, <laughs> like, you'll see so many of those things coming through in it. But if you don't know Camp Slashers, you don't know yeah, that's no, what they're like, even doing. They just seem like cliche characters yeah. or whatever. So it's, it's really cool. So having watched, as you allegedly claim, uh-huh. all of the Camp Every Slashers, camp slasher. uh-huh. what's the fucking best Camp Slasher? <sighs> the best one. Yeah, the best Camp Slasher! Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> I, you know what? I, <laughs> I really think so. Camp. I really it's think so. Not even, uh, it's not a too tough of a contest except for the burning. Yeah. Like, the burning and Elm Street. I mean, oh, sorry, Elm Street. Why don't I always do that? 13th. I, I do always it say too. Elm Street instead. They easy to mix up for some reason. Friday Thirteenth One and Two are they're gems. great. I love them. They're so good. And Friday Thirteenth Part Four is, uh, I think, uh, if it were set in a summer camp, yeah, would be yeah, a that strong be, contender, yeah, definitely. But definitely. because it's not, it's just kids staying in a cabin. It's still camp slasher, but it's not like summer camp slasher. Right. I think Sleepaway Camp just runs away with the title. I tend to agree with you for reasons that we shall discuss in in this episode. I myself, in my non-Sleepaway Camp watching habits, I've been watching that new season of Queer Eye. Yeah, you talked about that before. Uh, How's it going? They still making episodes that make you want to cry? It, Dude, yes. Awesome. Seriously. Like, the first episode of season two has got this just sweet old black lady that I just want to fucking adopt me okay. so bad, man. <laughs> I, will, I will put myself up for adoption if she will accept me. She rules. I didn't know that was an option as an adult. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's adult option. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And the second episode has this, like, just super, super nerdy dude who's, like, in love with his, like, super nerdy girlfriend and stuff. And, man... I don't. Maybe maybe it's because I'm a fucking dweeb myself. Uh-huh. It might have got my allergies. Oh, just a little flared up. Somebody been them. cutting some onions. Somebody, yeah, somebody's in there just cutting some dang old onions. <laughs> Man, it got to me. Yeah, they're doing great things. Like I'm so glad. A to lot see. of things make me cry, Ben. You don't have to explain yourself. <laughs> Every day I cry about something. Yeah, not like not like openly weeping, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. if I'm watching. Uh, a cute video of a kitten. Sometimes it'll just be like, <laughs> it's adorable. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, I understand that, man. Yeah, th- I- I'm so glad to see that it's doing so well because that show had such a potential to just be a dud. I mean, it's been like yeah. fucking 10 years since yeah. the original series. Yeah, why would people want to go back to it? Yeah, exactly. James Cameron with Avatar. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But just like James Cameron with Avatar 2, I hear he's they're going from just making you know crazy 3d stuff to helping people really yeah avatar 2 is basically gonna be that home building show oh okay great yeah. great move that bus <laughs> and it's an avatar oh uh-huh. we're painting you blue <laughs> now this season's been really good though i can't wait to uh, to watch some more i've had a really busy week though i've been recording a lot yeah. working on Andy woods record uh-huh. uh working on a bunch of session stuff i'm doing for some people and working on a lot of Schemes for my YouTube channel and stuff. Oh, yeah, I've been scheming, plotting. Yeah, plotting and scheming, man. Hell yeah. All kinds of good stuff. So, but yeah, I've not had time to watch a whole lot of stuff this week. So, that's been about the the majority of it for me. You know, the best thing that did happen this week. Tell me. 
John Latour got a picture of him wearing a dead and oh, lovely shirt. Oh, yes, he did. With Tom Savini. Which he made himself. God damn it, Steve. Yeah. We need official dead and lovely yep. merchandise. We're working on it. That's going to happen, y'all. That's mm-hmm. going to happen. There's going to be some merchandise and stuff so that you guys can get. So shout out to John and Laura for being fucking awesome. Mega listeners. Mm-hmm. You guys have been here since like the very beginning. You know what? You guys get the pro version for free. Yeah, exactly. Dead and pro Lovely version. Pro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it opens up a lot of options you don't know how to use. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah, Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you got the full program, you're like, you I don't know use what them, this does. But, you know, it's still cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was so sick, man. That that t-shirt looks great. And old Tom Savini also looks great. Yeah, he does. Hope he keeps kicking forever. I think John Latour is tall. I believe so. He seems like or a tall Tom man. Or Tom Savini's a very small man. I think John Latour is actually two kids standing on each other's shoulders. That would explain the beard. Because it's yeah. like, oh, uh-huh. they, they bought a big bushy beard. Yeah, you've seen the little rascals, haven't you? I believe I have, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's how they do it. That's what they did. Yeah. So, John Latour, we're on to your shit, man. <laughs> You're two kids. <laughs> You're two children. Of each other. <laughs> now, you know, Steve, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Sleepaway Camp, which, as we said, is uh, very potentially the greatest camp slasher of all yeah. time. I would say one of the greatest horror movies of the yeah. 80s of all time. Yep, it's up there. It's one of the greatest horror movies of all time, yeah, period, and yeah, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I don't think you have to even like, qualify it. It yeah. is a great horror movie. And I won't say anything more about it other than if if you haven't watched it stop this episode right now and watch it it's one of those yeah. movies that like if you go in with the cleanest slate possible you will enjoy it and it'll make a mark on you so much better uh-huh. i know that that's how i watched it the first time i'll tell my whole story about whenever i yeah. watched it later on in the episode um but watching this movie completely uninitiated with no outside influence is i would say essential to the enjoyment yeah of this movie so i know that a lot of times i'll listen to other horror podcasts talk about shows uh, talk about movies i've never seen um simply because i just want to be like i don't know maybe i'd like this or it's just like well i know that this is a cheap piece of shit movie it'll be fun to hear people talk about it and then watch it and know what they're talking about um this is not one of those cases no would you would you agree with that yeah if you've not seen this movie don't listen to this podcast Go watch it. Don't read anything about it. Don't read a description about it. Don't read reviews about it. Just go in clean and thank us later because it's going to make the experience uh, not even 10 times better, a million times better. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. If you not watch it, stop here. Come back later. Stop in the name of love. Oh, before you break my heart. Break it down. (laughs) Now, Steve, I'm going to tell you what. Like a lot of camp slashers, there's a big old confusion about how how old the kids in this movie are. Yeah. People feel bamboozled. Yeah, plum bamboozled. And there's also about a lot of confusion about, hey... What gender are these kids? <laughs> What's going on, Steve? What the hell's up with these kids? What sort of genitalia does that one have? What's that? What's going on there? Uh-huh. So I think before we start talking about this movie, Steve, I'd like to consult with those mystical witches and warlocks over at BuzzFeed, and maybe we take ourselves a little quiz. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that quiz, Steve, while mine's booting up here? Can we guess your age and gender from 14 would-you-rather questions? Oh, Jesus God. <laughs> so they're going to ask us 14 would-you-rather questions. We're going to figure out what age and gender we might be. Let's see if they can 
figure us out, Steve. Now let's see. Let me get mine loaded up here. Who wrote this quiz, Steve? Uh, his name's Alex Finnis. Oh, or Buzzfeed is, UK. Is she Alex? Oh shit! I think looks it, like a beard, though. That don't mean shit. Oh, it's a bearded lady. John Latour wears a beard, and he's a child. He's That's two true. children. He's two of them. Yeah, that makes no sense. Perhaps both genders. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe they're both girls. <laughs> yeah, could be. All right, Steve, what's our first question we got going on here? Would you rather give up cheese or oral sex? <laughs> oh, man. What give, a weird comparison. Uh, yeah, giving or receiving? I, it just says oral sex here. So no, I mean I'm, cheese. Oh, yeah, oh, giving, giving cheese or cheese. receiving cheese. You're giving the cheese. Okay, so I have to give up one of those. Yeah. You know what, Steve? Between those two, I'm going to say that I would give up an oral sex. Okay. There's lots of ways to come. There's not a lot of ways to cheese. That's true. <laughs> I've got the a only point. way to cheese is cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would rather give up cheese. You know what though? It's like I'm not that. I'm not that hardcore of a cheeseman myself. I like cheese. Yeah, I like it, but mm-hmm. it's like I could I could live without it. That's one of those things. If I ever did become like vegan or something like that, yeah. I think I would have an easier time giving that up than, say, chicken or something I like that. I couldn't possibly. I eat much cheese. Yeah. Yeah. The cheese I, is a good. On a pizza. I, I love homemade mac and cheese, mm. and I have uh, come to what I believe a perfect recipe. No doubt. With smoked Gouda and, and sharp cheddar. Do you bake it? Is it a baked rig? Uh, yeah. Okay. I do. I do. And I add, uh, I don't uh, eat the pork, as I've said in the past. So I use turkey bacon. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, put a little turkey bacon in there and a little dash of smoked paprika and cayenne. Oh, so you got some smoke going some on dry this mustard. Thing. Yeah, I like it smoking. Woo, how Lord of mercy. And here's a real secret. Damn. This is, hey, okay? They insider tell shit? tell you this. This is insider shit. Freemason Panko stuff. Panko breadcrumbs. Okay. Those are okay on okay, top. Okay, yeah. Real good on top. Cheez-Its. Crush them motherfuckers up. Huh. Jesus. It's like a breadcrumb that's cheesy. Yeah. What Boom. if you what if you what if you crackled up a chicaron, a pork rind? You could totally do that. I've what? done I've done Ritz in the past. I've done just uh potato chips. Okay, Tried yeah. That. Good and trashy, that's cool. I trash. Think, yeah, I, I hey, get as trashy as you want with food because you only live once. You only live once. <laughs> but uh with uh, with mac and cheese, what I have discovered when you're doing the breadcrumbs on top, a yep. lot of people, they just put them on there. Maybe add a little butter on top. Right. That'll fry it right up. No, no, no. Put it in a pan with some butter. Fry them up before you even put them on there. Get them to a light, really? a light golden brown. Then put them on top, and they will definitely brown up and just make a perfect crust. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, mac and cheese is the best. Okay, so next, Steve, here on a quiz. Would you rather be able to, here's your choices, fly, uh-huh. read a minds, have super strength, uh-huh. talk to animals, okay. talk to machines, uh-huh. or move objects with your mind? Well, I can already talk to animals and machines. Yeah, they that's, don't that's understand the thing. Me. Yeah, and you can't understand them when they talk yeah. to you, so those are kind of pointless. Yeah. Um... I don't think it's any of my business what someone else thinks of me. So mm, reading no. minds just seems intrusive. I agree with that. I think moving objects with my mind would be 
numero uno for me. You know what? Uh, and this, I'm going to try to make this our only copycat answer, but that's easily the most true to myself yeah. choice that I can make on this as well. I've, you, I've long since fantasized about being telekinetic and stuff. I always yeah. thought that would be really that sick. That would be the best. You go with that. I'll just go with flying then. Okay. That way we don't overlap. You believe you can fly. Because flying would be great, I think. It'd be cool. Yeah. Unless, of course, it was as physically taxing as swimming. Oh, man. Yeah. Or like running or something. Right, right, right. Plus the bugs. Oh, yeah, bugs right in your face. Probably gets cold up there, too. Yeah, you'd have to fly low, probably, so it would be less dangerous. Probably. I might just, like, you know what I might do rather than fly? I might just, like, hover, like, half an inch above the ground. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, just float-like. You know what? If somebody somebody is flying 300 feet in the air, and then a guy next to you is just hovering on the sidewalk, uh-huh. I mean, equally impressive. Okay, yeah. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> What do we got next, Steve? Would you rather cry acid, oh. puke snails, Bug. Ron Weasley. shit bricks, Ooh. or sweat crude oil? Ooh. We, this just went up about 500 knots. I kicked it up a notch. Yeah. Bam! Oh. We got Emerald Lagasse. Emerald. You know, of, of these options, these all sound quite unpleasant. And I, yeah. I do have many questions about some of these. Let's hear them. The shitting bricks, is it an entire brick? Or is it like... Brick powder. Yeah, because I don't always poop one massive turd. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, what if uh, what if you uh, you choose shit bricks and you get diarrhea? Oh my god! Is yeah. it impossible to get diarrhea if you choose shit bricks? It might be. Hmm. That's not bad. Maybe like gravel, maybe. <laughs> and think... are the bricks that brick that is pictured? I know because it's a very hardcore looking yeah, brick. Yeah, that does look like very it would angular. Mm-hmm. Tear your new asshole right there. It would. It I think would. given these options, I'm gonna go with puke snails. That's but, disgusting. Well, because the thing to me is like probably my least favorite part about being a human. Uh-huh. It's not crime and corruption. It's not poverty. Okay. It's it's vomiting. Yeah, throwing up is the worst part of yeah. being alive. You think that's an atrocity? And it's we an need atrocity. To get rid of it. Intelligent design, my fucking ass. Uh huh. That's why I'm agnostic. No <laughs> god that loves me would make me throw up. No way. No way, Jose. That's the only reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. everything else lines up perfectly, but that. <laughs> yeah, right. So to me, it's like throwing up cannot get less pleasant. So fuck it. It might as well be snails. It's already the worst. Um, I'm gonna go with cry acid because I just trip off of it. That <laughs> I don't know, right? It doesn't, it doesn't say that. it's a negative thing. Yeah. Could be LSD. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so then you see that kitty, and you cry a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking zoomed out of my head thirty minutes later. <laughs> that kitty's a space lord. <laughs> All right, Steve. Would you rather have a loyal pet? Uh, you got these choices here for your loyal pet. Would you rather have a bear? Okay. A tigre, mm. a raccoon, oh, trash panda, a red panda. Oh, they're so cute. I know. A lion, yeah, or a capybara. Gosh, they're so cute too. Yeah, it's. I don't think it'd be hard to get a loyal capybara. They they seem to be very yeah uh, low key animals. I think yeah. Um, and I've seen people with loyal pet raccoons, mm-hmm. but I had, uh, a, uh, I had a family member that had a a you know house trained docile domesticated raccoon yeah yeah um, and rocky but no one who has a pet tiger is sure that it's loyal yeah mike tyson yeah uh or siegfried and roy <laughs> Ooh man that got dark on them yeah dude. so What's i would like to have a loyal pet tiger i think that seems pretty dope um i am enchanted by the capybara 
I think like every time I see a picture of a capybara, they're so cute. I laugh, and it just it makes me feel so happy just yeah. to know that gives me faith in intelligent design. Okay, so that now, brings it back. Yeah, yeah. But if you saw a capybara puking. It would shatter your shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be the worst. I'd be like, how could I forsake the Trinity? <laughs> I'd give it all up. Yeah, I would love to have a capybara. They're just the most silly, ridiculous-looking animals I think I've ever seen. So, Ben, would you rather be able to see sounds or taste feelings? <laughs> okay, I like this question. So, uh, I don't talk about this very often because it sounds like crazy people shit to the uninitiated. Yeah. I do see sounds. That is not crazy people shit. That is a normal, everyday thing. I don't know if it's all that everyday or normal. No, it's not normal uh, in the sense that it's widespread. Yeah. But uh, there's no, it's not connected to any sort of madness or anything. I hope not. Hopefully it's, it's not. not like sleepwalking and, and phenomena yeah. where it leads to um, altered personalities and stuff. Lord Byron himself. No doubt. A synesthetic. A synesthete. Yeah, if you guys don't know what a synesthesia is, look it up. It can manifest itself in various different ways. But I have, I have always been able to get visual... Um, stimuli out of audio any sound yeah it's really interesting and uh i think has influenced my music and art my entire life i thought i was just being crazy for the longest time and then i was like oh it's a thing and people have it yeah i read this book called the man who tasted shapes yeah and it's about all different various forms of synesthesia where some people can experience it through yeah some people taste color you know uh -huh. like this tastes green uh, some people can hear things and interpret it as smell. Like there's all oh, kinds wow. of different ways to do it. So uh, I feel like the way that I ended up with it's pretty useful, actually. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. To, to get an idea of what this might look like, um, I recommend checking out the artwork of uh, Vasily Kandinsky. Kandinsky, yeah. Or Wassily, as some people say it. Yeah, for some reason. Wassily Kandinsky. Right. Kandinsky Vas with a K. I mean, it would be Vasily. Yeah. That guy's stuck because he was also a musician, from what I understand. Yeah. And the way his art looks is very much like how music looks in my, yeah, in my I mind get that. as I hear it. He yeah. Was, yeah, he was very much influenced by jazz and things like that. Right. He was oftentimes trying to duplicate what he saw. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, that's, that is exactly what it looks yeah. like to me. So uh, I'm just actually going to stick with be able to see sounds because I don't really want to taste a feeling and... It has contributed greatly to my life to be able to see see the sounds. I would rather taste feelings, but I have some... You can't eat your feelings, Steve. Uh, Food what? isn't love. I do it all the time. It works. <laughs> it's great. Um, I, I, my wonder here is, like, I'm assuming it's just my feelings. Or That's a good if, question. Am I, yeah. Yeah, because if you walk through, like, the DMV line, you'd be like, yeah. oh, God, it tastes like shit. <laughs> it you start like puking snails everywhere. Snail puke all over the place. But you'd have to be, like, a crazy empath for that to work. I should imagine, yeah. So, like, I'm assuming it's your own feelings. So, like, that would be interesting yeah. to me. Because then, like, I, you, there's no guarantee that a particular feeling would have a taste you dislike. That's true. Because I like bitter flavors. It's like, my dad died. Blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is helping. What? This is making it awesome. Kind of helps. Maybe or makes someone else should die. <laughs> you there, die. Blueberries. <laughs> this is great. What's next, Steve? Would you rather give up chocolate, burgers, mm. curry, fried chicken, burritos, or pizza? Oh, man. This is a tough one. For me, it's not that tough. I'm not much of a chocolate man. I would give up chocolate like easy Boy, first thing. Like that would be you lucky son of a. I've bitch. never been a big chocolate guy, man. It's just never really gotten to yeah. me. Like I'll I'll have a 
I'll have a little tiny square of chocolate, and that's mm. good for a month for me, man. I, boy, I'll tell you what, peanut butter M&Ms, one yeah. of my favorite things in the world. Uh, my absolute favorite uh, chocolate dessert is yeah. those dark chocolate peanut butter cups at Trader Joe's. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That's so dude. good. Do you ever have the Trader Joe's like uh, salted dark chocolate caramels? Mm-hmm. Holy fucking yeah. shit. Okay. Now those are, those are nuts. Whenever yeah. you start getting into a great salted caramel, uh-huh. I would miss, I would miss that, but I would, you know, it's like, I wouldn't really necessarily miss the chocolate. I would miss the thing, the chocolate's involved yeah. in. Like I love like one of my favorite simple pleasures in the world, uh, is just a little scoop of vanilla ice cream uh-huh. and some regular old M&Ms on top. Just okay. regular M&M's. Yeah. Fuck, it's so good, man. Yeah, it they sounds get all great. Cold and hard and crunchy. Mm, nom, nom, nom. Mm-hmm. What would you give up? This one's a tough one. Um and I'm I'm gonna say burgers under the assumption that that doesn't mean I'm giving up all types like of Like a sandwiches. turkey burger. I could give up burgers entirely. Turkey, uh, ham. So basically any ground meat sandwich. Sure. Does that so, include a gyro? That's what I was going to say. Does that include... Am I am I uh, missing out on any other delicious sandwich with ground meat on it? Uh, but I, I couldn't give up curry. No, fried fried no. chicken is... That's evil. Anyone who could give up fried chicken is, is a bad person. And probably the reason probably why they're detaining pass. children... Uh, at the board. I'm pretty sure that you're right. Yeah. Um, and then burritos are... I had a burrito today. Fucking... I have them all the time. I love burritos. I made a California burrito. Oh, yeah? Which is a just regular old burrito. But you uh, add french you add, fries. But you add 14 bucks to it. You add $14 to it. <laughs> and... Um, An avocado, of course. A little avocado and cilantro. <laughs> But um, no, you add uh, French fries to it normally. A French potato fry makes it a West Coast rig. Well, it makes it a California burrito, which is probably poking fun at California as okay. much as anything. But uh, uh, I actually made it with some mini tater tots. Oh, look little out. tiny tater tots. Oh, little tots that I made super crispy. Little tots boy, is like my favorite SoundCloud rapper for sure. Oh, little tots. Yeah, little tots. Oh yeah, doesn't he do that one where it's like. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. exactly. That's it. All right. By the way, somebody should isolate that. Um, probably make us a million dollars. Welcome to your new ringtone, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to your new ringtone, yeah. bitch. Yeah. I couldn't give up a curry either. There's no, no that's way. yeah. That that is curry and pizza to me. God, pizza is untouchable. Untouchable. I will never, no. Um, yeah, I make curry sometimes two to three times a week. Same. Um, huge fan. That <laughs> I wish there had been something on here that was a little more easy to give up. But now I'm trying to think of like what would be easy to give up. Honestly, man, and it's like it's it's my least favorite thing about myself. Uh huh. Just a regular old ground beef taco doesn't interest me in the least. Really? Yeah, I hate it about myself. Huh. But just like regular ass tacos yeah. do nothing for me. A fajita and so on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But yeah. just regular old beef tacos does nothing for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. They're yeah. pretty plain. I just don't get into it. Yeah, I get what, it. What would be easy for you to get of it? That's a tough one. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, I mean, the easiest thing for me to give up would be like a pork because like, you already don't do it. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like it, it, pork. I bacon would have been a good option on that. Yeah, bacon would have been a good option, and I would absolutely have chosen that because honestly, I'll tell you what. Um, 
Like, I, I don't uh, shame people for eating pork, and I get why they do, because it's delicious. Fuck yeah. But uh, for me, it was just one of those things where it was like, man, you know what? Pigs are smarter than dogs, even, and I wouldn't eat a dog. You watched so. Babe too many fucking times, you went. <sighs> I know, I did. That'll do, pig. Yeah. But Aww. I haven't stopped eating whales, so. Yeah, of course not. Why would Dumb you? Dumb asses. Yeah. Eating people. <laughs> There's no way this beer is 9%. It's so There's no light. way. It is so light. I can't even detect a hint of alcohol in that. Yeah, That's it's amazing. Nuts. Okay, what's next? Would you rather wipe your bum with sandpaper? Like my homeless person that yep, I keep around? Yep. You find a nearby bum and you wipe him with sandpaper. His feet are pretty callousy. It might improve it his, might help. his state of life. Thanks, Ben. That was him. <laughs> See you later, bum. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds adorable. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Ben and Bum is a new YouTube ben and series. Bum. Yeah. <laughs> Lick butter off a sweaty man's toes. Why's it got to be man? That's man shaming. Yeah. Why can't it be a sweaty woman's Not toes? Not all men. Not all men. Well, I mean, my most toes men, are pretty men, sweaty. Most yeah. men. Most men. <laughs> or rub chilies in your eyes. Okay. Jesus. Damn. All right. I think, given these choices, given uh-huh. the three of these, I'm probably going to rub a chili in my eye, I think. I'm going to lick butter off a sweaty man's toes. Uh, that was you know my what? next choice, yeah. Treat your asshole well. That's yeah. Just, you don't mess with that thing. Don't. You need it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That thing will impact your... It'll get bad to you in all kinds of ways it if it's all really fucked will. up. Yeah, take Gosh. care of that thing. Yeah, you know, and the, the buttery off the, the sweaty man's toes... That's fine. Well, the thing is, is oil forms a barrier. It so does. it's like you wouldn't really be licking a lot of funk off this guy's toes. Like I, said, I didn't say lick off of his toes for five minutes. Yeah. Just said lick butter off his toes. Yeah, exactly. All it's right, like, okay. Lick. I did it. Yeah, done. Done. I just kind of thought of the chilies in my eyes. I would probably think about it less afterwards. Man, I'll tell you what. I've uh, I have cut some chilies and I accidentally touched my eyes. Oh, dude. That is that's hell. I have <laughs> been cutting chilies and went and took a piss. Oh, it is fucking awful. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is a mistake. I will not make again, man. It's crazy. And it's like, you know, you don't even like touch your dick a lot while you're peeing. At least I don't. I don't even know how it happened, but it was horrible. You don't oh. touch your dick a lot when you pee? Not a lot. I mean, uh, a little. I just like to see what's up with it. Yeah. I mean, make sure, you know, hey, yeah. how you Still doing? Still there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. He's good. All right, Steve, would you rather get to live another life after this one? Okay. Live this life forever. Okay. Be able to delete bits of your current life. Uh-huh. Or just live one life as normal. Okay, this is a tough one. It is a tough one. I I like my life mm-hmm. and do like the idea of... <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I like the idea of it ending. Yeah, yeah. And that being it. Yeah. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah. I also am a little nutty, I guess. I don't know how nutty this is, but I do believe we live in a simulation. Yeah. And I do believe that the likelihood is that uh, the information that is me will still exist within the simulation. Right, yeah. Might play Bunch of ones another and zeros. life or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how much effect that would have on me. Mm-hmm. Don't know that it matters. Yeah. So I'm just going to pick Get to Live Another Life. Uh, after this one. That sounds like a pretty good call. Um, yeah, that would that would be my choice as well, I think, because I just I just really... I have a good time here. It's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, it's great. I know that when I bite into this steak, it's going to taste <laughs> juicy. Joey Pants. <laughs> um, I, I think that 
given the option of living this life forever, uh-huh. I wonder about the limitations and stuff of that. Because yeah, like, that does, does that mean that like I live forever, but like my loved ones and stuff die? That's yeah, and I keep that's going. Not fun. That'd be like the least fun thing about being a vampire. Um, I might just go with just. Live one life as normal. Yeah, I you think know? that's a good option. Because it's like, that's kind of what I'm doing anyway. And I don't think that any of those other things are going yeah. to happen. I get that there are people out there that would choose to be able to delete bits of your current life. And, no, uh, I don't. Like, dude. I'm just not. That's not me. No. Yeah. And, and of course, I mean, I haven't. I can only speak for myself. I've not been through anything that's truly fucking horrendous and fucked up. I've dealt with some fucked up shit, but I still wouldn't do it over again. But, you know, it's like everything in my life that has frustrated me or aggravated me, uh-huh. it has only led to something better. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been so sour over bands of mine that have dissolved and stuff yeah. like this. And then looked back and been like, oh, my God, that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. You know, it's like getting what you... Yeah, I've heard somebody say this before. Getting what you want is oftentimes the worst thing that can happen to you. Right. Um, so I wouldn't delete anything. It's all culminated in who I am, you know? Yeah, and I like who I am, so... Yeah, I like who you am, too. Hey, right. Look at you. All right. All right, what's next? Uh, would you rather... Okay. ...have infinite wisdom... Infinite. ...be the very best in the world at what you do... Okay. ...have infinite money... Hmm. ...be incredibly famous... Be constantly surrounded by great friends. Find true everlasting love. Okay. Infinite wisdom, the problem there is, is that means there's no pursuit of learning, that it's all done. Yeah, that would be boring to me. Yeah, exactly. I love finding out new stuff. To me, the, you know, that, that, that sentence that it's not the, the destination, it's the journey, yeah. could not be more true. So I think if I had it all, I would actually become incredibly depressed. What if it was a situation where it was downloaded into your brain, but you still had to discover it? Uh, no, I mean, no, because I mean, that's okay. just basically like having the internet. Yeah, you that know? Is, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So be the very best in the world at what you do. Again, that, that could be cool. Like oh, I, yeah. would, I wouldn't mind being the best that's guitar player, sub- educator, podcaster in the world. Thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, because to somebody, you might be the best. But again, I kind of worry that, like, as far as like, if I was instantly the best guitar player in the world, it I might just lose interest in it. Yeah, because where it's where done. do you go? Yeah, game over. It's like uh-huh. that's the thing that I've always loved about any creative pursuit, but especially something with the physicality of playing music is like it's unending. Yeah, you know that thing's never full. Yeah. So I think that if it suddenly was done, I would I'd become very bored of it. I think. Having infinite money would make life nice and easy. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy security it buys and lack of worry. Everything else, though. <laughs> um, be incredibly famous, I think, would definitely have its downsides. Obviously, yeah. uh, the lack of any kind of being Privacy. able to go out in public, yeah, yeah, would be terrible. Constantly surrounded by my great friends, I like being alone. I do too. Find so, true everlasting love. I already, already done did it. that. Shody. Yeah. You my real boo. Yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna go with infinite money. Yeah, I, that's really the only choice here. Because think of me. all the th- all the problems in the world that I could wow. solve. Because I mean, seriously, like you can buy cures to anything. Yeah. You can buy relief to anything. Yeah, yeah infinite money. Yeah, there's no reason for anybody to ever say again, money can't buy you happiness. What no, are you, yeah. What are you even saying yeah. at that point? Right. Nothing can buy you happiness. Well, I, I don't Nothing know. Nothing I mean, gains you happiness except for you working at being happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say is like having money doesn't make you happy. I mean, being happy with yourself makes you happy no yeah. matter if you're fucking broke or not. Exactly. Yeah, so 
Yeah, but I would go with money just because I think of all the things I could do to help the world yeah. out and also just the sense of security. I've never been rich in my entire life. I've never been secure in my entire life. I've yeah. never felt like, no. yeah, next month everything will still yeah. be great. <laughs> money has been a worry for me my entire yeah. life. So that that to me would be my answer. What about you? I'm just saying having uh, – because uh, honestly, infinite money is – uh, that is the if if there were cheat codes in this life, that's the cheat code I'd use. Yeah, the infinite money cheat code. I don't want power over people. I know no. money is power, right? But, but I wouldn't. You know, when you I don't that. want that. No, fuck no. Um, I I want to be comfortable and to help people. Totally. I don't. I don't even think if I had infinite money, I'd just help everybody. Yeah, and I don't care. Like, I'm not one of those people that thinks we need to assess someone's like desires what they're gonna do with the money we give them mm-hmm. i don't give a shit no i gave you the money because you asked for money and you needed money you're gonna go buy liquor with it cool fine but, it hey, sucks living on the street drinking probably helps if it became known that you had a source of infinite money yeah what if the adverse effect is it instantly devalued all currency that'd be great yeah <laughs> sure then it's just like fucking Anarchy. barter and fend for yourself. Yeah. Or perfect. when everything is worthless, everybody just shares everything. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Because that is... that The fucking game is pretending that things have worth. Imagine this. Yes. No money. Exactly. <laughs> like if we all stop <laughs> pretending that things had worth, then we'd have to stop trying to climb over each other for the bullshit we could all just have. Or share with each other, yeah. Yeah, just share with each other. Welcome to Dead and Communist. Yeah, 100%. It's us, <laughs> comrade, comrades. Um, well, this, week, this week we're talking about car. We're not drinking we beer. We all have car. We're drinking vodka. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, yeah, fucking infinite money. Yeah, that's the only Perfect. answer. All uh-huh. right, Steve, would you rather eat a live cockroach, okay. someone else's vomit? Jesus. A dead tarantula. Okay. A bowl full of dead flies. That's a lot of flies. How big's a bowl? Popcorn bowl? Cereal uh, bowl? Oh, yeah. Or one of those Petri little, dish. little finger bowls? Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, okay, it's up for debate. Human blood soup. <sighs> or a pair of horse testicles. Okay. Um, well, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm slightly allergic to cockroaches. So yeah, you're one of those people that can smell I cockroaches, I can smell cockroaches you? when I... Yeah. If you ever come to my house and smell them, please let me know. That's disgusting. <laughs> would, as soon as I come in, like, oh, fuck, it smells like cockroaches yeah. in here. Please you let me know. Bastard. Don't feel rude about that. There's yeah. no reason they should, but I don't want um, that. I, I saw an article recently about a burger served with a, a tarantula, fuck like a fried me. tarantula Ugh. on it. Oh, my God. And everyone who ate it said it was pretty disgusting. Sure. I saw uh, a Rhett and Link eat a, eat a tarantula. Yeah. They said it was not good. I, I'm going to go with a pair of horse testicles. Because those could be prepared in a way, I imagine that would be good. Well, here's the thing: is like from from my experience, and I've not I've not eaten all of the variety meats by uh-huh. by any by any you know um, stretch of the imagination, but I've had stuff like like linguists, like beef tongue and stuff like that. Yeah, good stuff actually. From, from what I can tell, meat is meat, and everything on that animal uh-huh. tastes like that animal. Tongue is really it's good. Beef really tongue good. is really good, really yeah. delicate. It, well, uh, it's like roast beef. Yeah, it's really nice, actually. Yeah, as long as I like clean the, the taste buds and stuff. Off. Yeah, That's the taste gross. buds is it's it's like uh, octopus. Like you don't yeah. want that. No, uh-uh. you well, want the like meat inside. Licking your tongue on a cow's tongue, which is Tripa, really strange. Like you know, uh, tripe. 
tripe. Yeah. Good stuff. I don't think I've ever had tripe before. It's good, man. Go uh, Next time you're in LA, just go to a taco truck and they'll tend to have tripa, There's cabeza. There's some places in Knoxville like, that, that have cabeza. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, even on, on soccer taco, they have kind of like... Oh, do they? Yeah, they have a dirty section of their menu that has like tongue and I've been to soccer taco recently. Pretty yeah. good. It's I not was bad. surprised, yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, man. for the name of it, uh, you just think like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Soccer taco? It's not bad. You've lost the thread, my boy. I think of those, uh, a pair of horse testicles would also, that would actually also be my choice. I've never had horse, but I can't imagine it tastes much different than any other large animal. Yeah, and I've had, I've had some insects. If they had like grasshoppers here or something, yeah, that's, like, that's sure, easy. yeah, that's, that's easy. But. I think I would probably go with a bowl of dead flies. That's the protein of the future is eating bugs. I might as well get yeah. used to it. Snow piercer. And the, oh my God. And that's a crazy movie. Yeah, I like it. And there's no way I'm eating a fucking tarantula or a no. cockroach. There's no fucking way. Or vomit. Or blood. Because we we know how I feel about blood and how you feel about vomit. Exactly. Exactly. So that's <laughs> none of that. All right. What we got next? Would you rather have to march everywhere or skip everywhere? Dude, I'm skipping. That You're sounds fun. Damn it. Okay, you that take skipping. I'll take marching. Skipping is fun. I think you'd end up with like really defined knees and calves. Hell and yeah, stuff you would. Anyway. Yeah. Gosh. I should just start that anyway. That's the thing is like all of these have all been like impossibilities, like yeah. superpowers and stuff. These are just choices. Yeah. I could choose to skip everywhere. You totally could. What's stopping you? Literally nothing. It's. I mean, it's an effective way to get around. Seems that way. Faster than walking. And it's more fun. 100% more fun. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go with marching because I don't like that fun. <laughs> All right, Steve. Would you rather delete spring, summer, okay. fall slash autumn, mm-hmm. or winter? Winter. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And that's why I moved to LA. I moved to a city that didn't have winter. Yeah. <laughs> like... I what do I need it for? It's just cold. It's very pretty yeah. at times, for sure. When it snows, uh, you have certain days where it's going to be very gorgeous. Yeah, but a lot of times it's just ugly and dead. I fucking hate winter yeah. so much. I hate it, and it's like the older I get, the more I hate it. With every passing year, mm-hmm. I fucking hate being cold. But to, to differentiate here, I'm gonna go with spring because what? sinuses. You know, allergies. Honestly, like the older I get, the least, uh, the less severe my allergies are getting. Oh, really? Yeah, like Mine this year, going the opposite see, way. See, well, I think it's probably too because you've been out in L.A. for a that while. That is true. I was away from so much of this shit. Yeah, here yeah. in East Tennessee, the allergies are just unbelievable. Yeah, it's unreal. Like people move here that have never had allergies and they develop fucking oh, what, allergies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's There's terrible. so much pollen. There's so uh, the autumn uh, fall. Yeah. Is, is terrible too because of all the, the molds and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go with deleting spring because this spring in Tennessee was a fucking joke. It, it was, was. It was cold up until like a fucking month ago. Yeah. And then it got it was super terrible. hot. Yeah, exactly. So so to me. <laughs> just it, no middle ground. Yeah. And so it was like, to me, it's like, okay, if spring was deleted and I could just have extra summer. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that any day. Now, Ben. Yes. Would you rather. Live in a bin for a week. Oh, a bin. It's really got me down in the doldrums living in this bin. <laughs> People love our British accent. They're so accurate. That's why they Or like eat out of a bin for a week. A bin <laughs> for Americans is is a, a garbage can or a dumpster. Drumster. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think I would... I, I mean, define live in. Because it's like, does live in just mean you go there to sleep? 
And, and are they dumping trash in it, or are you just moved into? A yeah, where it just kind of like stays. Did you clean it out? Yeah. You're basically just living in a metal box. Okay. That's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, I know plenty of folks live in trailer homes. Uh huh. Seems like eating. I don't know. I don't know. Having worked in the restaurant industry, a lot of food gets thrown away, and a lot of it's good. A lot of it's still good. Yeah. yeah. If I have the choice to like go through there and grab the choice cuts before they dump everything else in there, yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I might eat out. You might could coerce me to eat out of a bin if I can. If I can hand pick. Uh huh. The selections. That's what I'm going for. Okay. I would live in a bin for a week, and yeah. I'd make it a Ford experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably record a podcast from there. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Ma- make like a BuzzFeed video. I lived in a bin for a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eight million views. This is getting really hard. Oh. <laughs> Day three. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> All right, Steve. Would you rather marry? Okay. Ellen Page. That would be cruel to her. Zane Malik. Oh, that would be cruel to him because I'm not gay. Yeah. Rihanna. Okay. Penelope Cruz. Ooh. Ryan Reynolds. Okay. No, I'm all right. Idris Elba. Okay, I am gay. I am gay. I'm, Idris Elba's awesome. That's, yeah. I Irresistible. Just, yeah. Um, Ryan Reynolds or Idris Elba or Rihanna for me. Uh, Penelope yeah. Cruz is never really... Uh, she's pretty. Yeah. But she's just not exactly my type and Ellen Page is gay wouldn't do that to her yeah yeah um you know what I bet uh Ryan Reynolds and I would have a lot of fun probably so but uh Idris Elba he's my man what a hunk he's a very attractive man what a hunk and what a voice yeah that guy's got a voice he read the phone book to me uh huh you know of, of these choices Ellen Page I think is just such a a cutie patootie yeah she's great she's absolutely adorable but she don't want nothing to do with my kind yeah that'd be, that wouldn't be fun it's kind of a tough choice it's like putting uh-huh. three dudes and and two chicks but then one chick that's a lesbian on it. i don't know that's not that's not tough because yeah. they need to cater towards our gay and lesbian group yeah so good true. for you buzzfeed there you go but she's the cutest of all of them to me i don't know who zane malik is i have no idea who he that might is. be gay i i don't know he penelope might. cruise for me i'm gonna cruise okay we go cruising together i think and now uh I'm I'm just gonna switch to Rihanna because I I am straight. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just gonna stick with Idris Elba. Yeah. I mean, come on. Wow. Okay. So what, what's the results of your quiz here, Steve? Uh, I'm a man in his mid late twenties. <laughs> Close. I'm a woman in her mid late twenties. Oh. Tell me your description. Uh, we reckon you're a man between the ages of about 24 and 29. You're probably really starting to take your career in its stride. Mm. Mm. But that doesn't mean you've quit going out and having a good time just yet. Now, some of that's true. Boy, I'll tell you what, my career is not hitting its stride. Yeah? No. <laughs> but you're the podcasting champ. I'm the podcasting champ. Half of the podcast. Yeah, one, one half of the <laughs> podcasting champ. But uh, currently... We make uh, very little money. Zero dollars. Yeah, zero. Yeah. That's the most. That's little. the number. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I got woman in her mid late twenties. We reckon you're a woman between the ages of around twenty four and twenty nine. You probably have a job you're good at, and while you might have settled down a little, you still find time to go out and have fun. This is all actually pretty yeah, accurate. Other than being I mean, a woman, honestly, that's basically the, me. The end of it was very much. I still find time to go out and have fun. Yeah, I am not in my mid to late twenties for sure. And I like <laughs> that uh, me choosing to marry Idris Elba made them believe I was a man in my mid to late twenties. 
<laughs> well, most guys in their mid late twenties they really like Idris Elba. Yeah, so. I mean, he's a hottie. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve. Now that we've gotten this out of the way, we've cleared up our age. We've cleared up our genders. Let's start talking about the ages and genders of, of these kids. Of these kids, I've got to reach these kids. Got to reach these kids now. In Sleepaway Camp from 1983, among my favorite movies of of all time. Now, Steve, tell me about the first time that you watched this movie. Um, I was, I believe, twelve or thirteen. Okay. My cousin Casey and I had gone to local video store. Boy Casey or Twist was Casey a girl? <laughs> no, Boy Casey. Okay. <laughs> Casey Jones Twist. driving that train. Hi, oh, okay. 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 Uh-huh. 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 Yep. Yep. Um, uh, we went to the local video store, rented five movies, five dollars, five oh, nights. Man. Fucking perfect. Did you get a five dollar foot long too? No, but there was a subway in that shopping center. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so anyway, we do that all the time. We would get horror movies yeah. exclusively. Like and we do. very often were looking for the horror movies we assumed had boobs. Mm-hmm. And Sleepaway Camp just sounded like it was going to have boobs. It sounded in it. booby. Uh, Wait till you see Judy. Oh, man. Oh, man. man. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. Um, this movie doesn't have boobs in it, but what it did have the entire time was our attention. Yes. Like, uh, we turned it on, and it immediately was like, what is this? Did you know anything about the movie no. when you started? Okay. No idea okay. what great, it was. Great, great, great. Cool. No idea what we were watching. Um, and it was weird. From yeah. the beginning, it's strange. Yeah. Uh, as soon as we're introduced to Dr. Doctor Thomas, Dr. Martha Thomas. Aunt Martha. Oh, Aunt Martha. You know uh, you know, there's something off. different going on with this yes, movie. Yes, something a little different. And it was like, yeah. the thing was that it was like, she's overacting or whatever, but nobody else is. No. So, like, you already know, okay, she's different. Yeah. Something's different here. And so we watched it just... Full attention, paying absolute attention to everything that was going on, and then the ending. Okay, and what we did the ending just, do to you? Uh, we both sat in silence, just like slack-jawed, like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Um, And, and it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, we're 12-year-old boys. Yeah, yeah. I immediately thought that uh, our, our killer... Yeah. Our boy killer. Uh-huh, as it turns out. Yeah. I immediately thought that Angela was very pretty. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. And she is. Yep. She is very pretty. Uh, What is uh, what is the name Felicity of the actress? Rose? Uh, Felicity Rose? Felissa. Felissa. Felissa Rose. Rose. Um, she is very pretty. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and again, if you're fucking 13, it's not weird to say another 13-year-old girl is pretty. Yeah, that's not odd. Yeah. Um... I mean, now watching, yeah, she just looks like a little yeah, girl. Sure, sure, but sure. then it was like, oh, she's so pretty. Of course. And then Seems at like the Sony, end, she know. has a dick. It's a real simple, like, shock. Yeah. Where it's, I, I'm i attracted to girls. I am just learning yeah, that I'm attracted dude. to girls. Yep. I'm attracted to this girl. Oh, my God, this girl has it's a dick. It's been a guy the whole time. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, and that's that's one of the beautiful things about this movie. We'll talk at length about the ending and stuff later on in the podcast. But, like, that's really cool that you had that experience because that's yeah. one of those things that I find is one of the biggest mind fucks of this movie is knowing the demographic that was going to be watching this. Yeah. Knowing that dudes in the theater uh, that were watching this were probably like, oh, man, she's you know, a real girl next door. She's a cutie. She's yeah. weird, but she's cute and stuff. And then, especially in this time period, 1983 is when this came out. Yeah playing up that kind of guess what you're gay 
yeah. thing is just fucked up as all hell. Yeah, it is one of those things where it's like uh, a lot of the dudes, because like there was the gay panic in the 80s of sure. course like well, people, with AIDS and stuff too. and of course we all grew up calling each other homo and stuff yeah, yeah sure um as a negative thing and now most of us know better yeah yeah we've learned and we've all become more tolerant I hope so. um but at the time it wasn't even for me like i'm gay it was what is this yeah yeah like i i'm barely understanding the feelings of liking, liking girls. girls yeah 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 i'm barely getting that yeah and now like what is this this I was, I was cute just getting used girl to, to also going over, has a dick i was just getting used to going over big hills in the car when i was yeah, and it's like Whoa, hey, Whoa, hey, what hey. is hey. that all about <laughs> so it had to be extra extra like he said confusing to be uh-huh. a young person just kind of coming into their own sexuality at that age and then also having this fucking thing pulled on you yeah where it's just like yeah this girl the whole time has been a boy but been into it here's the thing our reactions what uh, neither one of us reacted like well, fuck this movie or anything yeah we both like after we just sat there in silence for a while we're like that was awesome. <laughs> like well, it was because it really like fuck yeah. Especially because we watched a lot of horror movies. Yeah, it was one of those few ones uh, from the eighties where you really just didn't expect. You absolutely what happened. did not. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, there's there's movies where the twist is you know oh the killer isn't who you expected it is. Yeah, but then this adds this this triple whammy on top of it. Yeah, and again, I want to talk about this more later on, but it's like. The thing that, especially with the experience that you had, that had to be so scary is like, okay, what's scarier? The fact that there was this young boy that was killing all these people? Uh Uh-huh. Or the fact that you just felt gay for a second? What was scarier? (laughs) And it's like, that's, that's really fucked up. Like, I can't think of a movie that makes you feel that way. Yeah. Other than this. Yeah, this movie deals with a lot of, um, I mean, you know... Uh, it, it would be wrong to characterize Angela as a trans figure. Sure. Angela has been forced to be Angela. Right. Um, Peter is the actual name right. of, of this character. And, and Peter is a boy. Peter has been forced by his crazy Aunt Martha yeah. to live as a woman. Right. Um, And that has instilled some... Very lasting mental issues and, sure. and trauma, and also creates some real issues. Uh, just about like, again, uh, he, she, Peter is learning. I'm attracted to other people. Yeah, what Peter is learning is that, for at least from my perspective, that Peter is attracted to Judy and okay. not attracted to Paul. Okay, yeah. But wants to be friends with Paul. Right. Because Paul seems like a cool guy, and and Paul is friends with her cousin Ricky, who she's friends with. Yeah. He. That's the problem here. Yeah, I know. I I mean, there's no way to refer to Angela as as, as He or she, because we don't know what he or she identifies as. Yeah, so I'm just going to say she, and I'm going to say Angela, because that's the only clear way to do it. But I think... For the majority of the movie, she's a girl, to our knowledge. I I think it it is cruel... Because Peter has been forced to be Angela. Yeah. It's not a choice. Sure. Or, I mean, it's obviously not a choice. Like, But Peter doesn't feel like a woman I inside. I understand, yeah. Um, so what's interesting to me is that 
that sexuality is developing here, but also it can't develop in a healthy way. It's un- right. impossible. Right, yeah. For it to develop in a healthy way, Angela would have to come out as Peter and everybody would have to recognize yeah. that this is what has been happening. And It's just so unlikely that that would happen in any healthy way. Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what? That's the kind of thing that, as far as what you're talking about, as far as... Um, you know the 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 what drove Peter Angela to become a a crazy psychopathic killer is being forced to live as a gender that they aren't. Yeah, I hope that that can raise sympathy and awareness to any people who are you know perhaps transgender. Yeah, and it's like I was born a boy, but I've felt like a girl my entire life. Imagine the horror of being forced to live as well. Guess what? You were born with a penis, so you're a boy. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah. Like that has to, that has to be horrible. Yeah. If that's not who you feel like, that has to be fucking horrible. Yeah. And it, so I think this movie, I mean, dude, this came out in 1983. Yeah. And this dealt with so many topics. And again, more on this to come as we go, but it dealt with so many topics yeah. way, way before these would be common yeah. talking points and conversation and news and culture. I mean, the crying game. Definitely blew people's minds Definitely in the '90s, yeah. and this had been around for almost ten years before. Yeah, that. I was gonna say almost a fucking decade yeah. before. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, this movie deals with homosexuality. It deals with uh, like masculinity and things like that. But what's real interesting to me is you could easily get the impression from what we've said so far about the ending. If you hadn't seen this movie, you could get the impression that this movie. Uh, has a negative presentation of queerness and uh, difference and things like that, but it doesn't. No, I don't think so. Um, Angela's father is a gay man who was in a relationship with a man named Lenny. There's no judgment about that in this movie. No, there's there's never anything about like, no, how disgusting is that? Yeah. Yeah. We do get a scene of Angela and Peter seeing the father and his boyfriend Lenny in an intimate situation and they are like pointing and laughing but it's not that they're pointing and laughing like ha 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 they're gay they're pointing and laughing because they're seeing pe- two yeah. adults in yeah, an intimate situation yeah it's no different situation. than if they walked in on a man and a woman yes. fooling around yeah and that's exactly it it's no different right it's not presented in this movie as different in any way it's just right. presented as, as a fact yeah it's like that's how it is that's just what's going on and again especially considering the time period and stuff that this is going on in it's really 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 amazing to see that kind of portrayal uh, now I want to tell you my story about watching this for the first time yeah let's hear it so Early on in my days as a young man, you know, I worked at I worked at the Walmart. Uh-huh. That was my first uh job, real job is working at the Walmart. You were hired by Sam Walton himself. Yeah, right Sam Walton hired me. Uh-huh. And while I was working there, I met one Justin Marion. Uh-huh. My good old buddy Justin Marion, who we very much wanted to have as a guest star on this episode, yeah. Justin. I hope that you're listening, and I hope that you know that your presence is missed. Yeah, we would like to have had you on here. I only have two inputs on my interface, so I can only have two microphones right now. Currently, we cannot have guests, It's true. unfortunately. I'm sorry about that, and I'm going to fix that soon. And mm-hmm. Justin, I'm going to try to get you on on an episode of your choice, which I predict will be Evil Dead 2. That sounds like a good I'm one. I'm just guessing. So you will, like you will be on a show. 
But I remember back then, uh, I got to know Justin, and he was like, he's like, oh, you know, we were talking about movies and stuff. And he's like, have you ever uh-huh. seen Sleepaway Camp? And I'm like, no, it's that. He's like, oh, it's just uh, it's a great '80s uh, horror movie. You should watch it. I've got the the attack pack that, or not the attack pack. The um, he ha- he had the box set that looked like the medical kit. Yeah, you know the first aid mm-hmm. kit. Yeah, which was like banned because they kind of stole the Red Cross logo. <laughs> okay, you know, so, but he had it. And he's like, yeah, you can borrow it anytime. He didn't tell me jack shit about the movie. Perfect. Which is the best thing that yep. anybody can do. Uh, I never did borrow it from him. I never did get to watch it. But years later. Um, I think yeah, it was after it was after Kate and I had moved in together. Uh huh. My wife, your wife. We were living in Jefferson City, mm-hmm. and Kate had seen this movie a million times when she was a kid. Okay, she had seen it, and we had my dear buddy Nate Ingles, who's the guy that sold me my Warwick Thumb five string bass. Wow. Nate's a great, great fucking guy. Love that guy. He used to play for the band Vertigo with old Lindsey Stamey. Ah, yeah. Okay. I know that band. And. um Really killer bass player, dear friend. Uh-huh. And we would get together with Nate all the time and watch movies and stuff back then. And like the three of us got together, uh, Kate and Nate and I, and we watched something. And then like Nate and I were like, man, let's watch a scary movie. Let's watch. And Kate was like, oh, you guys have to watch Sleepaway Camp. Okay. I'm like, yeah, what is it? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've watched this a million times. I was like, oh, yeah, Justin Marion told me about this. He said it's really good. And I'm like, Nate, have you ever seen this? He's like, no, I've never even heard of it. And Kate's just like, yeah, it's really good. Perfect. Yeah. And so we started it. She went to bed. And so it was just me and Nate. And me and Nate are so in it's our... Like, it's like the person who walks into a room and farts and walks out. Yeah. Okay. See you later, guys. All right. I'm Bye. going to bed. You watch that. So Nate and I, at this point, were probably like 25 and 26. I mean, we were uh-huh. grown-ass men. Mm-hmm. And we start this movie... You know, again, like you said, like it starts off, you got the weird Aunt Martha stuff. Uh huh. But then, like, most of the movie just kind of like plays out just kind of like a normal. Yeah, it's just the Camp Slasher. Yeah, Camp Slasher. And you kind of forget, like, man, that intro was fucking weird. It was strange. It's really yeah. strange. And we go through the whole movie and we're watching it. And we're just kind of like, this is kind of whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the flashback when Paul tries to make out with Angela to to her and, uh-huh. and Peter seeing the her dad and Lenny in, in yeah. the bed. Yeah. And but like, again, what? that's yeah, that's not explained. No. It seems just like, oh, that's weird. Why yeah. would she remember that? Yeah, and the first time you see it, you're still not really making the connection. Yeah. And we watch this whole movie and by the time that it's about over, it's probably about two o'clock in the morning or so, something like that. Mm. And that ending drops. Mm-hmm. And it is it is honestly the greatest twist ending of all time. Yeah. I will say that unabashedly. And that it's music's like, going crazy. Holy shit. The soundtrack <laughs> is nuts. It's insane. Uh-huh. And she turns around and she makes that fucking hissing noise. <sighs> holy God. And there's the crazy face and the pull uh-huh. away. And oh my God, she's a boy. And then more hissing. And then the movie just turns, it, the screen turns green and it ends. In the end. Nate and I, as soon as that shit hit, both of us are sitting like bolt upright, mm-hmm. eyes wide open, mouths open. And then whenever it starts going to the credits, he and I just look at each other and we're both just like, I think we both looked like that girl in the ring that when they open the closet, yeah. she's sitting in there. <laughs> yeah. Both of us had that face on uh-huh. and we stare at each other and we were so 
devastated. I mean, <laughs> devastated. That's the only thing that I can think of. Yeah. I have never had anything drop a bomb on me uh-huh. the way that this did. Movie, show, anything. I can't think of anything that destroyed me the end as hard this as this. is very giallo. Um, like, I, a lot of this movie is very giallo. A lot of this movie and is dude, very giallo. But it, that, like, that build up that's like... Who did it? Slow, yeah. who done it, etc. And then the last five minutes just being insanity. That crazy. Yeah. Dude, and, you know, the movie ended, and Nate, I don't think Nate and I even really, like, talked. I think we're both just uh, ever like... Ever again. Yeah, it's done. It's <laughs> over after that. But, dude, like, again, fucking 25, 26-year-old dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, after the movie, after we kind of, like, chilled out for just a second, I'm like, uh, I'll walk you out to your... <laughs> car uh. and like Nate opens the back door to go out to his car and he opens the door stares out into the night uh huh and then turns to me and says would you mind if I just slept on the couch tonight <laughs> and I'm like no that's fine absolutely and Nate slept over that that's awesome. night because we were both that devastated that's awesome and so Nate was sleeping on the couch mm-hmm I go, I go to our bedroom and I'm sleeping in bed. Kate was, of course, already asleep, and uh-huh. I come to bed and I'm like, "That movie was fucking crazy." Uh huh. She's like, "Uh huh." We're like, "Do you have a dick?" Yeah, yeah. I checked, made sure. Uh huh. And I woke up in the middle of the night, bolt upright, scrambling at the blinds. Like where where our bed was in that old house, there was like a window at the head uh-huh. of the bed. I woke up like scrambling at the blinds. Like, freaking the fuck out. Like, at 5 in the morning. Uh-huh. And Kate's like, Ben, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on? I was having this... I had this vivid nightmare that Angela was outside of my window making that fucking face. That face And making that fucking insane. sound. I had this horrible nightmare. And I was like, she's out there. She's out there. She's out there outside the window. She's out there. Uh-huh. And Kate was like, you just watched a movie. <laughs> she's not there. And I'm like, she's out there. I saw her. <laughs> Like this movie fucked me up so hard. <laughs> like I was talking, I was talking on that, that awesome. bonus episode about how hard Hereditary fucked me up. Yeah, Hereditary fucked me up really hard. But Sleepaway Camp fucked me harder than any movie of all time. That I should mean, be on the box. Yeah, it's like that. that put ben that on Eller. the box, dude. Sleepaway Camp fucked me. But it's but it's only because I had no expectation, which is mm-hmm. why uh, you know, again, like dear listeners, goddamn, if you've never seen this movie, I hope that you haven't just listened to this yeah. because the experience of watching this with a clean slate the first time, it's awesome. It can only be done once, and mm-hmm. it can only be done if you know nothing about it. Yeah, it is invaluable. It is an invaluable experience to watch this mm-hmm. unknowing. For the first time. And it's one of those things, man, that like, I love this movie so much. And I love my experience of seeing this movie so much that I have to be very careful in the way that I tell people to watch it. Yeah, because you don't want to give too much away. Yeah, you can't. You don't want them expecting. No, because nobody even told me, oh, I'm not going to spoil the ending. But like even knowing, like going in, not even knowing that there's an ending to be spoiled. Yeah. Made it better. So if you watch this movie and you like this movie like we do, and you're trying to get people to watch it, don't even tell them there's a twist. Yeah. Don't tell them anything about it. Just say, yeah, it's a good movie. Actually, like, tell them they can't watch the movie. Reverse psychology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, I'm so grateful that I lived in an age where, you know, I, I had people like Justin, Marion, and Kate both who uh-huh. were just like, yeah, you should watch it. It's great. It's the best. And that's way to it. Do it. That's all that yep. I knew. Because it's like nowadays. 
as soon as you go on IMDb or whatever, it's like, oh, the movie's spoiled. It's yeah. wrecked. You can't even post on Facebook and say, hey, should I watch this? People are like, yeah, it's worth it for the ending. What about that twist ending? What about that dick? <laughs> what about that dick? Yeah, yeah. Snake kills Dumbledore. <laughs> what? It's like... It's Wait a, a second, huh? Uh, shit. Is that in book three? I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but it's like, this day and age, it's so hard to live spoiler-free that I feel like this is one of the truly great moments where... Going into it with no expectation mm-hmm. made it's the perfect way to do dude, it. Dude, it made a colossal impact on me. So if you like this movie and you want to share it with somebody, don't tell them jack shit about it. Just tell them, yeah, we should watch this. And that is is all. Now, what do you know about the director of this picture? There's Robert still- Hiltzik, writer, director of this movie. This was the only movie he wrote or directed until Return to Sleepaway Camp three years ago. Holy moly. So that guy went through a dry spell of like 30 years. It would seem that way, but that's not what happened, Ben. Here's what happened. This movie had a budget of $350,000. How did he get that money? $350,000. He got that when his mom died. She was a doer. She was a doer, as we learn at the very opening title the card of this. opening title card. Yep. Um, $350,000. She, she had like an accident and got like a settlement or some yeah. shit, right? $350,000 spent making this movie. Yeah. The box office I saw, I don't know if it was adjusted for inflation. Either way, $11 million. God damn, that is a ton of money. If you There's a 45-minute documentary you can watch. It's on YouTube. Okay. Um, he talks about it, but he's real brief about it. Okay. Um, he says that uh, he made this movie, and he had a few offers after uh, the movie was such a big success. Yeah. But uh, he had just had kids, and he wanted a normal life. So he became a lawyer. Uh, uh, why wouldn't you take a life where your movies can make like 30 times their budget over because you're a fucking badass? I don't um, understand that. I guess he just wanted to be with his family and wanted a consistent paycheck. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, get, I mean, if you're in the movie biz, you're constantly traveling. You are. You're doing lunches. You are. That You do that all the time. You lose your lunch with the fam. Oh, my gosh. No more fam lunches. Hardship. Only, you know, business fam lunches. I watched um, the director's commentary on the DVD. Uh-huh. Did you watch that? I haven't. Is it, so what, what's up with it? It is with Felissa and the director and basically the guy that runs like sleepawaycampmovie.com or something yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. He's uh, the guy. I, I did read the story that he basically made that happen. He he had... Made the commentary happen? Yeah, he reached out Sick. to Robert Hiltzik for like an interview or something. And Robert Hiltzik didn't even know that people were still interested in the movie. And, wow! Uh, it basically he he that guy got him in touch with the people who own the rights, and and he said, you know, I'd love to do a commentary. And wow! So, For the impression that I get about what's the director's name? Robert Hiltzik. Robert. He seems like a really sly, intelligent, funny guy. Yeah. That I think knew exactly what he was doing. Oh when he yeah, one hundred percent. I think he knew. that everything in this movie is so it's deliberate. Deliberate. Mm-hmm. He even says one thing in the commentary. He says, and it's just totally in passing. But he's like, everything was intentional. Yeah. He says it like once the entire time, and the rest yeah. of the time he's just very like jokey. Yeah. And very humorous about this. Uh-huh. Like watch the uh, watch the movie with the commentary, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Like. He is still playing innocent about this movie, but I think that he knew exactly what he did. It's, it's not, like the it's people not like, who made Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. 
yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's like, oh, we yeah, didn't I didn't catch any of the gay themes. themes. No, <laughs> what? No. Yeah, I think that he knew exactly what he was doing because, again, by by listening to him and listening to interviews with him and stuff, he seems like a very intelligent dude yeah. with a wicked sense of humor, which also belies intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think that he knew precisely what he was doing with this. Yeah, he did. Uh, otherwise, it, it it wouldn't come out still smelling uh, so good today. Right. Like, you wouldn't be able to see the gay relationship between John and uh, Lenny. Right. And, and still just see it as it is, which just seems to be a loving relationship. There's nothing negative about it whatsoever. They never right? present it as negative. And I feel like, especially in this age, if this was just made by your average meathead, you know, Michael Bay of the 80s. Yeah. It would be like, she turned out fucked up because her dad was gay. Yeah. It not fucked up. Or he would include it to make a big deal out of him including it. So he would right. have the the kid in the boat be like, queers or something. Yeah. It'd be so like that some he kind of could like point thing. out to everybody like, it was cool of me to include this. Yeah. But in this, it was just like, yeah, there's no big deal. It's yeah. Just- it's just a thing that's going on. We don't know the the mother of these kids. No. Like we have to talk about the familial the family tree. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about that because that's that's a, an object of confusion. These yeah. are actually, you know, I, I usually listen to a lot of podcasts and reviews and stuff leading up to these yeah. episodes that we do if I can. And there is there's a lot of confusion about many things in oh, this yeah. movie people, that people don't catch. Yeah, I I think it takes first off watching it a, a number of times for it sure. It Really does. But watch it. Watch it with the subtitles. Always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can't understand half of the shit that's said sometimes. Oh in this. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, either it's a real strong New Jersey accent, or <laughs> it's so just Jersey. like uh, like soundtrack is deafening. At the points. soundtrack is just pumped up too high or whatever. Yeah. Here's basically the 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 definite relationships. They're they're theories about other relationships there and are things. and there's some but things that could have made it cooler actually. there are for sure yeah um peter and angela are the children of john baker john who we see them at the very first of the they're movie they're in a boat they're in a small boat together the yeah. three of them yeah so peter and angela are brother and sister their dad uh, is john uh-huh the we guy, do not know the mother. No, Some there's have, no mention of the mother. No, and it's like it's it's been misinterpreted that Aunt Martha's the mother. Nope, not it's even not close. the case. Not even uh, remotely close. The guy on the shore is Lenny. That is John's boyfriend. Right. Lenny says at one point the doc is coming. He is talking about Doctor Martha Thomas. Right. When Aunt Martha to Aunt the children. Martha to the children. Whenever. Lenny says that uh, the kids ask if Ricky will be with her. Yeah. Ricky is Dr. Martha Thomas's son, son, Ricky Thomas. And John replies that Ricky is with his father. This weekend. This weekend. Implying that Aunt Martha and uh, Ricky's dad are separated. And then later in uh, the scene right before we find out Angela is a boy, yeah. uh, Martha mentions that they've separated right okay so dr martha thomas is either the sister of john baker or the sister-in-law they are related right yeah that's that's a, that's a relationship that's never made clear is like is yeah. john's sister martha or is john's former wife yeah sister Martha. And we, That's never clear. I assume with her dark hair and stuff. Yeah, they don't look much alike. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he's, she's probably sister-in-law. We don't know what happened with the wife. Uh, we it, don't know if John was even having a gay affair. Like, for some reason, yeah. when I watched the movie, I got the impression that it was an affair. Uh-huh. Since, since he was like, the doctor's coming, like, we have to hide this again or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But it's but, not like they were fooling around or some shit. But, I mean, when John dies, the kids go to Martha. So, like, yeah, there's not even any mention of the mother. And how about this? I think that this is one of those, again, maybe it's unintentional, but I don't think so. It shows how fucked up it is, how unfairly, and this is still a fucking problem, uh-huh. how unfairly gay couples get treated. Oh, yeah. Because if like uh, uh, if there's a gay couple and one of them is having like emergency surgery or some yeah. shit, his, his or her partner, same-sex partner, can't come back into the operating room to see them and, well, and stuff like this. I mean, that was before gay marriage was recognized. Right, right. I mean, now, now that should still be... I don't know if... Oh, there's still issues with this shit. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there are. I'm, I'm sure specifically maybe a religious hospital yeah, might but it's like cause a stink. With those, with those two, with John and Lenny, who seem to be totally fucking normal. Yeah. Just a fine couple, whatever. We never see anything bad about them. Yeah. The kids could have gone to Lenny and led a perfectly fucking normal life. Sure. But instead... Because being gay is weird, they drop him off at fucking crazy nuclear lunatic Aunt Martha's place. Uh huh. Who decides I, that Peter? Yeah. Uh. What? Well, well, what happens? Of course, is that Angela and John are both killed by the rogue boat with the <laughs> skier behind it. Yeah. The skier who is just yeah. amped up to fucking level twenty. She is yeah. acting her dick off in this movie. <laughs> Somebody save the please. <laughs> So um, good. So Peter is dropped off at Dr. Martha Thomas's home, and she says, Ricky is still with his dad. Yeah. Uh, she says, you Got know. You some welcome home presents, some new uh-huh, pretty clothes. Some uh, dresses yeah. that you're going to wear because you're Angela now. Um, and Peter, you know, obviously has nothing to say about that because, uh, what is he, like three or something? Well, I guess six. Six, because it's eight, eight years, years later, later, and Angela's supposed to be fourteen. Okay, thir- she 14 is thirteen. 13. the 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 actress is thirteen. But okay, the character's supposed to be fourteen. Yeah. Okay, right on. Um, so we know that um, we have no real knowledge of who Ricky's dad is, but he still exists, and we have no real knowledge of who Angela's mom is, but she is either dead or unwilling to take the kid. It's never known. Yeah. It's never known. And it's like maybe Angela and Peter's mom left because the husband came out as gay. Yeah, maybe she was like, well, you deal with the kids. It's completely unknown. Like, it's never even remotely brought up in the movie whatsoever. Here's what I like. I'm going to set the tone for you. Tell me. So, um, Lenny and John, they were close. They were good buddies. Sure. And then one day, John's wife, she uh, she developed cancer. Oh, shit. And man, that ate away at uh, John's uh, will to live. Damn. He didn't feel at home in this world anymore. And sure. Lenny came over one day and he said, hey, pal, brought over a six pack. And they talked over their troubles. Yeah. And eventually, Lenny put his hand on John's knee and John put his hand on Lenny's arm and... They locked eyes. Did they start a horror movie podcast? They started a horror movie podcast called Dead and Lovely. (laughs) The end. The end. (laughs) 
Hey, listen. Even spaghetti's straight, so you put a little heat on it. You know what I'm saying? That is true. <laughs> I did say I was going to marry Idris Elba it's earlier. It's true, yeah. When Rihanna was a perfectly acceptable option. Yeah, it's true. It's or very, very Penelope Cruz. Or Penelope Cruz. <laughs> and, you know, it's like there's a lot of interesting theories that I've heard people toss around. Um, yeah. I've heard people toss around the idea that Lenny was John's brother-in-law. That Lenny was Aunt Martha's husband, okay. but that, which is fun, but that falls apart immediately. Cause yeah, like, unless Ricky has a separate dad. Dad, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's a little too convoluted. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really fun theory that I've heard is that Aunt Martha is actually Lenny and Drag. Yeah, I've heard that theory, and I wish it was true. I do too. Like I that wish would be it was. really really fun yeah. to explore that. I think, but there's just there's way too much. Yeah, there's way yeah way too much that evidence that's there. not the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like that would be fun. But I I do like the uh, the brother in law yeah idea that would have been cool, um, but not really that necessary. Honestly, no, there's no reason for it. I uh, just I just like that the idea that the kids had to be dropped off with this. Absolute stark raving lunatic. She's insane. Because that's but she's the a hetero, doctor. It's the heteronormal thing to do. That's true. She's a lady, and ladies love taking care of babes. Yeah, exactly. And a game, a gay man. Oh, couldn't possibly. Oh, if he did, the kid would end up gay or something. I guess so. Uh, instead, we want the kid to end up gender confused. <laughs> yeah, and murderous. Let me ask you another question about the intro. So the movie starts off. And it's just doing these slow pans. It looks like it's the fall. It looks like it's the autumn. Yeah. Which a lot of people take as a continuity flaw of the movie. No, because at the end of all that, we see the Camp Arawak sign, and it says for sale. For sale, So yes. this is after. See, okay, that's, that's what I was wondering, if that's the impression that you got out of it. Because yeah. a, a lot of people got the impression that the reason that, that the guy that runs the camp, Mel was so uptight the whole movie is because he bought this camp that was for sale and this is like the first year this camp is going. Mm. I got the impression that you're talking about like whenever the movie starts, yeah. that's actually the very end of the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. actually too, even if you notice, whenever it, it pans across that final shot and it's playing that fucking eerie ass music. Yeah. Um, and doing the like you said, the flashbacks of the kids uh-huh. talking and playing and having fun. Whenever it does that final shot of the Camp Arawak sign that says for sale Across the gate, there's also a, a sign that says sheriff on it, like a okay. closed by authority of the sheriff because there's been murder happening sign, you know? Other evidence that, that uh, the idea that Mel had just bought the place is, is unlikely is yeah. that uh, Ricky says, Ricky and Paul both talk about stuff that's happened in the past the two last years. Year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And even in the intro, like... I guess the intro with the kids and the dad on the sailboat, they're like, oh, can we go to camp there someday? Like, yeah, so Camp Arawak already Arawak exists. Lake. Yeah, the, which is another reason why it's so weird uh, later when the camp counselor, Meg, is so mean to oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Angela. Because Angela's dad died on that lake where the camp is. Okay. Now, he drowned that's... on that lake. And, and her brother, presumably, but it was actually Angela. Right. And, and by the way, if you watch the intro closely... I didn't even notice this until probably the sixth time that I watched this movie because you're in such shock about this fucking, you know, water ski boat wreck that kills a father and a child. Yeah. You're in such shock and the soundtrack is crazy and the ski girl is crazy. <laughs> Just and, yelling and, her ass And off. Lenny on the shore goes, John, John. I love, <laughs> I love that. He, goes, he plays John. that. He plays that really well though because it's like. It's so great. 
I mean, I I am the type of person who would have immediately jumped in. Yeah, I know. Nobody reacts in this at all. Yeah, but I I do know those people who, in the face of something like that, do just freeze, just freeze up. Yeah. yeah. But if you'll notice, like it shows, uh, before it shows the dead dad and the little kid's life jacket float up. Yeah. It does definitely show the back of Peter's head swimming it does. in the water. It it's, does. It's definitely not longer haired. Yeah, we watched it right before Angela. this, and it, it's pretty obvious. It's obvious. But again, as I said when we were talking about it earlier, it's not a thing that people would have caught um, because they wouldn't have known to be looking for it. And this was pre VHS. Yeah, this was. Yeah, most people wouldn't have had a VHS at home. Uh, it, they're probably not going to go see a movie twice in the theater. Right. But yeah, watching it now, especially with you know high quality Blu-rays yeah, Blu-ray and stuff, it's yeah. like yeah, it's obvious that's Peter. Definitely so. Okay, so that that's an interesting point. I just wondered if you caught that about the intro that this is definitely after. Yeah, yeah, the it was definitely after, and it's really haunting. Really, like you can tell something's wrong with the camp immediately. Yeah, and there's also like a few weird things. Like you'll see like. Out in front of one of the cabins, there's like a mattress that's thrown out. I yeah. assume that's maybe the mattress later on that Judy is killed on, maybe. Maybe. There's also like a barrel. There's a few things that have been like tipped over and just kind of like disorderly messed up. Yeah. They're small things, but they're definitely things. And basically, after that introduction is where we have our introduction to our favorite Aunt Martha, who I'm pretty sure all of her scenes were directed by David Lynch. I I think I she think thought she was she a character thought, in a David Lynch movie. Yeah, she thought it was a David Lynch movie, and she heard Robert Hilzik say, "All right, can you just say the lines kind of normal?" And she was like, "Yeah, I get what you're like saying." Like David Lynch normal. Like David Got Lynch it. normal. Yeah, she's in uh, like a fucking fucked up Twin Peaks episode or something. Richard Angelo. Angelo. Uh, did you get any potato chips? Yes, I did. A whole bag. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of Dude, it. Dude, people are so confused about her, and they're like, oh, man, she's the worst actress. And it's like, no, dude, no. She's not. Those were choices. She was making every choice Those and were doing absolutely it amazingly choices. well because she was like, I'm the type of woman who takes in a little boy and says you're a little girl now. Yeah, that's how fucked up and crazy I am. Yeah, so how would that woman act? So yeah, like she, a lunatic. She came up with this character. It's fucking awesome. Tights and shorts, a beret. A beret. The most weird like a pale string mannequin. tied around her finger to remember something oh, that she forgets. She forgets the string is on her finger and then sees it and remembers that she's supposed to remember something and forgets she's talking about it in the middle of the sentence. And plays it full-on fucking crazy. It's great. She also just has the weirdest, coldest, glassiest eyes that yeah. seem to have... It's like just the white part and the color part. No yeah. black part in the middle. She just has that color of eye that's automatically uh, disarming. Yeah. And for her, because of the way she's acting... Off-putting, <laughs> and I think the fact that she is somewhat androgynous. I remember the yes. first time I watched it, I thought I was like, "That's probably a man in drag." <laughs> yeah, and that's no offense to her. A lot no of men look great in drag. Oh, for sure, RuPaul's uh, Drag Race. Boom, check her out. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But it's like she she has kind of mannish hands and strong features. Yep, and. All of that just sort of puts this really weird taste in your mouth right yeah. at the front of the movie. Yeah, you're you're noticing there's something off kilter, but then they go to camp 
and everything seems pretty normal. Yeah, except for the fact that as the kids are getting off the buses, the fucking main dude from the kitchen oh, is talking right. about these kids and saying, look at all that fresh chicken back where I come from. We call them bald. baldies. Where the fuck does he come from? Um, I don't want to go to there. Wherever he comes from, the other kitchen guys seem to come from there because they think it's humorous. James Earl Jones' <laughs> dad is like, oh. Robert Earl Jones. <laughs> uh, just like, oh. <laughs> he's like, that's you, the uh, child molester. Oh, he just likes to fuck kids. Dude. The, he ain't going to hurt nobody. The boundaries of this movie. There are no boundaries to this no, movie. No, this movie has no brown. It is head <laughs> on. Like within 10 minutes of the movie dealing with homosexuality and pedophilia in mm-hmm. 1983 but uh, interestingly enough homosexuality presented with no repercussions no, uh-uh. and no judgment uh child molestation immediately gets your ass fucking burnt. destroyed <laughs> yeah man. like so Jeez. the the there's no boundaries on what they will touch but they're definite like uh, there's a definite morality to the movie yeah oh and, absolutely and so. being gay is not immoral uh, being a crossdresser, not immoral. Being a, a pedophile will get you uh, burnt with uh, boiling water. Also, if you're a fucking seven year old that throws sand on somebody, bitch, you gonna get axed. You got You deserve to get fucking chopped, son. <laughs> Kids get killed in this movie. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, tons of children are murdered in this you movie. You might think. Uh, as a horror aficionado, uh, you might be sitting there thinking like, eh, kids die in movies all the time. No, they, they don't. don't really. They really don't. It's very rare. And one of the director's things about this movie is he's like, in this age, everybody was casting adults as teenagers. He's like, yeah. I wanted teenagers as teenagers. Yeah. So he got real teens. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's definitely some gray areas in this movie where you're like, okay, that kid is definitely fucking 20 something. Yeah. Some of those older kids. Yeah, yeah. But most of the main characters, like, uh, uh Ricky is played mm-hmm. by like a 15 year old. Angel is like a 13 year old. I mean, even the camp counselors are like Meg is 19. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, they're, they're all still pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, much more so than, Movies like Chopping Mall, which are definitely all right. like forty year olds playing teenagers <laughs> and shit. Have you ever seen that? Chopping Mall, yes. God, it's a ridiculous it's movie. It's a terribly got, ridiculous dude, movie. We gotta cover that on the of show course. sometime. Um but you know, within those first couple minutes, the kids show up, they're confronted by well, us the viewers are confronted by this pedophile chef. And basically Angela shows up at camp, she's not eating, so they're like, Oh, we'll take her back to the kitchen, see if she can find anything she wants. Take her back to the child molester, Did see you, what he wants to yeah, do. Yeah, who is Artie or Arnie? Artie. Artie. I think. Did you notice that whenever they take him back there to the kitchen, uh, it takes Angela back, he is like drinking on the job? Yeah, he's got a Miller High Life. The champagne of beers. Yeah, Ronnie's like, hey, could you put the fucking beer can down, please? (laughs) And he acts like Ronnie's a dick. I think that casts a bad (laughs) light on Miller High Life. It might. Kind of does. Is Miller High Life the champagne of pedophiles? <laughs> so he takes her back to the freezer and is immediately like undoing his belt and be like, yeah. oh, let's see if I can find something you like here. And then Ricky comes in. Ricky's like, hey, very what the fuck's defensive. going on? Ricky's very defensive of, of, of Angela. Yeah. And uh, and then like basically not too long after that, after like Mel, the, the camp owner, just completely ignores it and is like, huh. She must have got scared or whatever. Yeah. Scared. We, we That's go what into, he says. Yeah. We what? go into full at Giallo vision. Killer POV. Uh-huh. We don't know who the killer is. The killer is hiding. Uh-huh. And uh, basically, Artie, Arnie, whatever. Artie, he's making a huge thing of, of corn on the cob. Now, so he's got like a, like a four foot almost uh, pot of water. I want to talk about the functionality of this pot. 
It's not functional at all. Okay. Most, I mean, most um, conventional ovens are not going to get hot enough to boil. That. Like that, that would be like if the water in your hot water heater was currently boiling. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's got a flame under it like you wouldn't wouldn't imagine. Right. Uh, but it's not boiling. It's just keeping it warm enough. I want to know things beyond even the, the conventional heating elements of this. Yeah. How was that pot filled with water? Yeah. You'd Did have they to use have a like a garden connection. hose? Yeah. How was that pot lifted atop the stove? You've picked After up like... Well, I guess you could put it on the stove and then the hose into it if you had the hose yeah how do you empty it that's yeah i don't know oh how much uh, the amount of corn he had yeah if it was full of boiling water how it much, much corn overflowed would, you couldn't even put yeah it would have dis, it would have displaced boiling in which water case you sure. could just use a normal size pot of yeah. water yeah if you're just gonna do three or four at a time yeah, you could put like a tablespoon of water in that thing put 50 corn cobs and it displaces enough <laughs> <laughs> now, also, if you were able to boil an entire pot like that full of corn, yeah, how do you fish them things out? You saw how high up the top of that fucking thing was. It was hard, yeah. And then again, how do you empty it when it's done? There's just so many problems with the functionality of this pot. It really makes no sense. It was clearly a pot designed to kill pedophiles. Oh, and for that, we thank it. And it's better for it. Yeah, the world's a lot better <laughs> now that Artie, who we find, uh, because of a, a doctor character, we find out he is in tremendous and outrageous pain. <laughs> After uh, the killer's hands rip the chair out from under them yeah, that he's he, using he to stand on. Yeah, he pulls down all that boiling water on he, top of him. Well, because he knew that if he, if he would have just fallen off the chair from four feet, it would have resulted in instantaneous death. Yeah, and he would rather just boil. Yeah, because like, th- there's no reason why he was worried about falling. No. He, he was just barely leaned forward holding onto a shelf. Like, yeah. he could have just stood up straight. Yeah. <laughs> and then if somebody pulled the chair out from under him, he would have just fallen a few feet. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah. But instead, he comes down with a full pot of uh, boiling water on himself. And then an effect uh, that looks great that apparently Dude, they did partially with gelatin. Really? And it it looks great. The it burns look like awesome. fantastic, dude. Yeah. And you know, something about that that I find really funny is like as soon as he's like all gauzed up by the paramedics and they drag uh-huh. him off and stuff... Mel is like, now get that ambulance out of here. I don't want any of the kids knowing about this. Do you think the kids weren't hearing it while he was in there screaming, screaming for like just, an hour? Because ah! ah, as soon as it happens, he's screaming bloody murder. Yeah. And even later when we see that he's all bandaged up, uh-huh. he's still screaming bloody murder. Yeah. Do you think any of the kids out there in the in the, in the the camp you know, mess hall were like, hey, what the fuck's going on back there in the oh, kitchen? The child molester was having another screaming fit. <laughs> Like you do. Like you do. That's the first kill that we have in the well, other than that the the child and dad kill. Yeah, but that was that was not a slasher kill. That was an accidental kill. And it's What about up, an accidental horror movie? Oh. Well that's Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh yeah. yeah. Tucker and Dale Tucker versus Dale. Evil. Accidental horror movie. Yeah. But the thing that, that first kill sets up right away is is it Ricky or is it Angela? Ricky has been yeah. very protective about Angela. And it Angela seems also, more likely that it's Ricky. Yeah, exactly. Because Angela is meek and mild and doesn't seem to be the type that would uh, even be able to do that. Right. But but Ricky is full-on aggro. Yeah. As is everyone else in this, this fucking movie, camp. It's like the burning. 
where everybody is constantly yelling at each other. But way more hardcore. Eat shit and die. Eat shit and live. Dude, the amount of just Uh full-on aggro Uh in this movie kills me i think it's hysterical (laughs) you motherfuckers ricky is always at the top of his like insult game always man that scene where like the guys threw the water balloons at angela yeah the two the bros having a one foot away from each other water balloon fight on on the roof roof of a house yeah (laughs) why like i don't know yo boys you want to fill up these here fucking (laughs) water balloons you better get those short shorts on you better get up on that roof motherfucker (laughs) hey you want to drag jersey into this check this out okay (laughs) so the kid that plays boy peter yeah. In the intro of the movie. Yeah. His real life brother uh-huh. in real life is the situation from the Jersey Shore. Are you fucking I'm dead kidding fucking me? Serious. That's how Jersey this movie that is. That is a situation we didn't talk about. The situation. The situation. Mike Sorrentino. Um is that the two kids in the beginning have hardcore Jersey accents and hardcore. the dad doesn't. No. Huh? So they're obviously adopted. <laughs> Where did he get these Jersey kids from? <laughs> Jersey. But seriously, that kid is Mike Sorrentino's uh-huh. brother. Real That's life brother. fucking awesome. <laughs> it's it so makes the Jersey cool. connection so much it better. It really does. Some of my favorite aggro mo- uh, moments in this movie. I love the part where... Judy is like talking all kinds of shit to Angela in the bunk. Like, I uh-huh. bet you don't. I bet you don't shave your legs. I bet you uh-huh. don't have your period. And then like Susie, who's like the nice, sweet, demure, like lovely counselor. Camp counselor, yeah. She's like, Judy, stop! And Judy goes, turns to her, and goes, "Fuck off!" And then Susie just full on slaps her slaps in the face, the shit out of her. And then like, like kind of like immediately regrets it and is like, "Oh my god." can't believe I did that. I've become full aggro like everybody else here. I've become the thing I hate. (laughs) Yeah, because everybody in this movie is angry as shit, dude. You know what? The one guy you would expect to be full aggro, though. The bodybuilder guy. The bodybuilder, Ronnie, who's the the sweetest guy in the whole movie. He's the nicest guy. He's the sweetest guy in the world. He's so awesome. He's he's in Return to Sleepaway Camp. He's like the the camp uh, leader. And I get the impression, too, that that guy um, is sympathetic towards Angela's situation because uh-huh. right whenever they show up to the camp and Angela goes to, to the girl's bunk uh-huh. and she's there with Judy and all them and Meg and all them, M-E-G, Meg. Uh-huh. That's her name. That's her name. Mm-hmm. Um, Susie goes, Meg, this is Angela. Um She's the one that Ronnie informed us of her situation. Uh-huh. Like he she spells out like this kid this is the kid that's kind of fucked up Ronnie told us about her. Well, I mean, as we know since she is Peter, she's pretty much the situation herself. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Precisely. Precisely. Mm-hmm. So I think that that guy is like way more informed and nice about it. Yeah, everything. Ronnie knows what's up. He, what? uh, and we do know like uh, the the nice camp counselor she, Susie. Or, yeah, Susie, she seems to know Paul seems to know like the, what happened. Yeah. to her. And I'm I really think Meg knows and that she's just So you sadistic. think Meg knows, Okay, do you think that Meg knows that Angela's a boy? Or no. Do you just think Meg knows? I think Meg knows that Angela's dad and her brother died on that very lake. Yeah. And that's why she's constantly trying to make her swim. She is. She's constantly I think trying to get her in the water. She's sadistic. 
she wants her to hurt. Meg is a real for no reason. She's a real peckerhead. She's a peckerhead. <laughs> we find that out. The, the lifeguard who is angry cool as hell all the time always too. calls her a peckerhead. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see Mel get out here, see his fat ass pick anything up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like- but Susie definitely doesn't know. There's that scene yeah. where the girls are playing volleyball and Angela's just sitting there watching. Yeah. Which was totally me during any sports game my friends played when I was Yeah, a kid. man. Sports, right? I'm just fine watching. That's you. <laughs> but Susie is like, are you sure you don't want to do anything? Do you want to go sailing? Oh, and that's Angela's good. Like, okay, yeah, no. you're right. She definitely doesn't know. Susie okay. doesn't know. Pa- Paul does, because Paul says that, that Ricky told him about what happened. So Paul does know that. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, that's whenever they're like... Not the first time they talk, maybe the second time they talk. Ricky, she says, he says that Ricky told okay. him about what so, happened. So dig this. That that Interesting. That kind of correlates to something Kate was saying earlier. Because I was saying to Kate earlier, I was like, I think that Judy knows that Angela's a boy. Because like Judy and Ricky were like a fling the year before. Well, see, but Ricky doesn't know Angela's a boy, does he? Uh, Okay. We'll get back to that. Put a okay. pin in that. Put a pin in that. So, I was talking to Kate, and I was like, yeah, I think Judy knows that Angela's a boy. I think Ricky told her the year before. Okay. Because she seems to do all kinds of schemey, subversive things, where you can tell she's kind of like thinking, like, how could I start getting these girls to think that Angela's a boy? Hey, how come you don't shower with us? Are you queer and stuff like this? I don't I just think she's a mean girl. Well, here, here's... Uh, is, okay, so yeah. that was Kate's angle, too. So, she said... And I was like, well, what about that part where Judy is talking to Paul... And she's like, I saw you talking to Angela. I didn't think she was your type. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, because she knows that that Angela's a boy. And mm-hmm. she's like, Paul, I didn't think you were into boys. And she's like, no, no, no. That's because she's calling Paul gay. Huh. And so if Paul... Because back, back then, you wouldn't go to camp and be like, hey, y'all, I'm gay. Right. But if Paul was like, oh, here's a boy that everybody thinks is a girl... I can hit on Angela and start a relationship with her because I'm gay and Angela's a boy. I don't. I. That's fucking interesting when you put it that way. That that Paul knows. But no, that's, again, I'm not saying Paul knows that she's a boy. I'm saying Paul knows that her her dad and her brother died on the lake. Okay. Because, like, I don't think Ricky knows. Like, I don't think. Dude, there's no way Ricky doesn't know. But. Like okay, if Judy knows, Judy would just tell people. Like I like she She seems like a piece of shit. Yeah, like I don't see why because Judy doesn't seem to have any inkling to me. In my from from my perspective, it doesn't look like Judy knows anything about Angel having a dick. I think that that is just completely like. Uh, Angela having a dick is just so out of nowhere for everybody. Okay. Uh, Ricky, like, for instance, like, the thing that makes me think Ricky doesn't know is that um, Ricky wasn't even there when Peter came home. So Ricky hasn't been told what what happened at all until he gets there and Peter is now Angela. Yeah, but you think he didn't know the fucking difference in his cousin Peter and his cousin Angela he I would don't be able because those two 
look. They, they didn't look that much alike. They weren't fucking twins. No, That's the thing. It's like I they don't were know if around. they were supposed to be, but they they didn't look enough they didn't alike look enough for it alike. to be a mistake. No, yeah. huh? Yeah, exactly. Like if they look truly identical, only mm-hmm. one was a boy and one was a girl. Yeah, you could get away with it. But it's like there there's no way that. Yeah. I mean these these kids. Peter and Angela are like, is cousin Ricky coming? Like they have a relationship with Ricky. Yeah, they know definitely. Ricky. It's definitely established. But Ricky is also like uh, three years older than. Yeah, so even more reason he would be able to tell the difference between. That's true because he was he was a bit older. He would have more of a memory of what. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. I mean, no way. I, I don't know. I don't know if if Ricky does know or he doesn't know. He's very protective for sure. Yeah. And we do have a a theory we should go ahead and move into so we can get back into talking more about this is that is Angela the only killer? I, okay. Here's what I definitely wonder about that Mm -hmm. because it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's kind of like when you watch the first uh, Friday 13th yeah, and you're like, maybe some of them, some of the kills are Jason, some of them are Mrs. Voorhees. I mean, dude, like at the end of the movie, do you remember towards the very end, like somebody gets thrown through that window? Yeah. And then our main girl goes outside and Miss Voorhees is pulling up. Yeah. In her car. Yeah. So definitely there's an indication that Jason was, was yeah. there. Or else somebody just loved jumping through windows. Maybe they do. I mean, maybe that's a thing. Ricky is the hands in all of the kill scene. In t- yeah, exactly. Because... The the care the actor who played yeah. Ricky yeah so yeah. It, we're not mom just this didn't isn't want like her a, doing that stuff yeah. on film so this isn't like just a a, a you know wild uh, attempt at making no. a, a little bit of uh, controversy yeah. out of this it's definitely Ricky yeah, doing the fact. kills that's a fact uh, and you can tell if you watch it in high enough definition yeah. whenever he uh, comes in to kill Judy it's very obviously Ricky in a wig. Yeah, you're talking about when he's standing in the door. Yeah, frame. he's standing in the doorway, and if, yeah. if it were a lower quality, probably when you would see it in 1983, that's the thing. Yeah, at the theater, you wouldn't be able to tell. But you watch it now, and it's like that's Ricky. Apparently, they brightened up the print quite yeah. a lot whenever they moved it over to DVD and yeah. the high res format, like Blu-ray. And yeah, you're right. You can definitely see that that's just Ricky in in a wig for sure. So, but okay. Hit me with your theory. I want to okay. tell you my well, theory what first. I was going to say is, yeah. so some of the kills are Ricky. We know one of the kills for sure is Angela. She kills Paul. She definitely or we'll have, uh, she, she definitely kills Mel. She definitely kills Mel. That's right. Yeah, because Ricky has been yeah. beaten down by Mel, and he's laying unconscious in the woods, and but, then Mel gets shot through the neck by an arrow. A, follow me on this one. Yeah. Ricky... At a certain point, is not in the movie for a little bit. There are a bunch of kills. Yeah, he's and like, then oh, he shows up. Ups- my stomach was upset. Yeah, he shows up at the mess hall or whatever, and he said, "I've been sleeping since lunch or whatever. It was yeah, a really bad meal." Yeah, my stomach up. Yeah, but that's it. There's no other excuse. I would believe Ricky killed the kids in the woods. I would believe mm. Ricky had a hand in some of the kills along the way. We know for sure Judy, because we see him in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and the killer, the the pedophile kill, we see the hands a number of times. The oh, Rickies. yeah, yeah. Um, I would believe it's possible then. Ricky does know that Angela is a boy. Yeah. Ricky knows 
how insane his mom is. Ricky is very protective he's of lived Angela. With, he's lived with his mom his whole life. And whatever insanity <coughs> she has, she passed on to him too, huh? Whatever insanity that she has or whatever she's doing at home to enforce, to make Peter live as a girl, Yeah. whatever she's doing that makes this happen, it has driven them both to be homicidal. Mm-hmm. And they are. They they kill, and the kills are in some sometimes him, sometimes her. Mm-hmm. They're watching each other's backs, basically. Exactly, which is something you see through a lot of the movie. Which would in, indicate to me that Ricky would never tell anybody that Angela is a boy. Okay, all right, that 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 would make sense then. That makes sense when you put yeah. it. That but way. I, I yeah, I'm starting to believe you're absolutely right. He must know. Now How would he not know? Here's the thing that makes me think that Ricky killed a lot of these kids okay numerous times throughout the movie um whether it be the the beehive kill uh-huh that was pretty brutal oh man jesus dude you go to take a wicked dump you end up getting fucking <laughs> destroyed by he bees. must have been allergic too because those were huge oh my welts. god dude it was amazing <laughs> it that, looked real good yeah it was fantastic and then especially the kill that we see of Meg getting killed in the shower. Yeah. Both of those involve Mozart's knife. Uh-huh. Did you notice this? I did notice that. Okay. Mozart. Both of those involve Mozart's knife. Yeah. Which, and Mozart's got something going on with him. Well, Mozart's Jeffrey Dahmer. He Oh, shit. Yeah. He looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Precisely. Mozart is Jeffrey Dahmer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, so um, I, I just assumed, because Mozart's knife is taken from him uh, by the camp a- counselor a. who Slater always... Senior. A.C. Slater Senior, who always wears... Co- like <laughs> Awesome shirts. Awesome, either like belly shirts or <laughs> mesh. Uh, mesh shirts. <laughs> He, they're playing that prank on Mozart, and Mozart, Mozart is like, "I'm gonna kill you." Yeah, and pulls a knife. Pulls out a knife, and that this is an indication. God damn it, you're right. He's Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay, this is an indication that there are three killers in this. One of them because Mozart. because Mozart pulls a armed. knife. He pulls a knife on Ricky and chases him around, and Ricky doesn't get scared. Ricky thinks it's a game. That's and true. He's like, he's like, oh, okay, you play murder games too. Cool. Yeah, he was like, oh, we're just playing around. And then Mozart's like, yeah, we were just playing around. But like Ricky, uh. Ricky doesn't see it as a threat at all. Like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, we play with knives. We stab each other. It's fun or whatever. Jeez. And Mozart is also a killer. Mozart's just killing motherfuckers. He's always like, getting picked on and like teased. Why, why, of all the people that were up on that roof, why pick that one dude? Uh-huh. Um, Mozart. Didn't like him from the baseball game earlier. Yeah. Mozart has a problem with Meg, maybe, because he wants to fuck her and he's a weirdo. Yeah. Maybe he was drunk the whole time. Maybe he was drinking Dahmers. <laughs> full Dahmers. Just a full Dahmers, like, glass of fucking vodka. Yeah. So, Jesus, dude. Okay. I know. Like, And again, like, there's so much potential for, for sequel power in this, where it's like you do reveal that's like, you know, Sleepaway Camp... <laughs> 
five Mozart story. Mozart story. You know, yeah. or like his continued story after camp, or Ricky's either way. Yeah. But yeah, they're 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 pulling that prank on him. He pulls out a knife. He's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> then AC Slater Senior takes the knife and is like, Oh, I'm hiding this in the yeah, in but the boys. Everybody bunk. sees where he puts it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So either Ricky or Mozart obviously recovers the knife. Yeah, because how would Angela know where that knife is? Yeah, Angela's never seen in the boys' bunks ever. Yeah. So right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this movie has always been awesome, but uh, just—it's getting cooler. It's getting even cooler. Watching, <laughs> watching it recently, I did think, okay, I think Ricky is also a killer. But yeah. now that you're talking about, it, yeah, Mozart may also be a killer. Uh, he came armed. He he came armed, and, and he had no compunction with just pulling it on somebody. No. And Full Ricky thought it was a fun little murder game. Yeah. So, man, that's awesome. Camp just. Full of fucking lunatic sociopaths. <laughs> I mean, well, we already got that too with the child molesting kitchen guy and with uh, Mel who wants to fuck a 19 year old girl. Okay, let's grabs talk, her let's ass talk the first time that. we see them in the same scene together. Like, And Mel, okay, Meg, who's a camp counselor who's like maybe 18 or 19. She's very pretty. She was also, yeah. she uh, was a soap opera actress really? at the time. Yeah, she's one of the few. In this movie that had, like, some prior experience. Mel also did, too. He was a Tony Award winning Yeah, actor. he'd yeah. been on a lot of stuff. He's been final role, right? This was his last thing, yeah. He's apparently, like, battling, I think, lung cancer or something uh, while the movie was going on. Yeah. Good thing they had him smoking all them stogies. Yeah, that probably helped. <laughs> probably helping. Yeah, I think he died just several weeks before the movie was actually released. Yeah. That sucks. But, yeah, in the movie, we've got Meg... Who is like constantly seeking out Mel, who is like 60 years her senior. Yeah, he is definitely like he's 60 something and she's 19. Yeah. And like later on in the movie, she's like, oh, I've got the night off. Hey, Mel, how about that dinner you promised me? I'm going to go get fucking cleaned up and shower. Yeah, it's not him pursuing her. It's her pursuing him. So like he's he's definitely into it. Oh, yeah. She's after it. and, And he should be pumping the brakes on this shit. Yeah, he he should. Well, Man. she's legal. I mean, I guess I get it. If yeah. if you're a sixty year old lonely man and Dude. a nineteen a pretty nineteen year old <laughs> yeah. girl is like, I want to date place. you. Like, what are you what are you supposed to do? Like, yeah, yeah. set her down and be like, listen, I'm gonna give you some grandfatherly I mean, advice. Maybe you should. You should. <laughs> you should. That's the answer. But if you're lonely, maybe that's hard. In that scene, I love that expression on his face where she's like, how about that dinner you told me about? Okay, I'll meet you at your place. She walks away and he puts this expression on his face where he's like, I don't fucking understand it, but okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how you would feel at that age. You'd just be like, I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe also, she was going to kill him. <laughs> Maybe she's not, well, she's also clearly a lunatic. She is 100% a lunatic. <laughs> she attacks Angela like crazy yeah. for no reason. Heartless. Like shakes her like a rag doll out it's on the insane. beach. Clearly has a tempo that goes, uh, a temper that goes from zero to like 120 in like a second. Maybe she was going to kill Mel and take it. She just assumed he was rich because he owned a summer camp. Yeah. Oh, and he was okay. old. Yeah. Old people are rich. Yeah. This was her first... She was going to be the first husband and the first, like, poisoning or whatever. Oh, she's like a, uh, a fucking Black Widow kind of killer. I mean, we know Judy's insane, too. Yeah. Like... Judy, dude. Judy's God. crazy. I want a t-shirt that has my name on it. 
I want a t-shirt that says Judy. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's set that back. I want a Judy t-shirt. Judy doesn't die in this. Uh, No, she does. Does she? Yeah. How does she get killed? Apparently, though, somebody told me that I think that in like one of them she comes back. Yeah, there's like... This is another one of those misunderstandings because her kill is fucking gruesome. Yeah, she gets a curling iron to the vagina. Yeah. And and the the person using it opens opens up the little duckbill top, I guess, to also burn her clitoris. I suppose so. Yeah. Which you know, again, that that should be Ricky doing that. That one. is Ricky for sure. I mean, not I mean, whatever the original story meant, I'm not sure. But what yeah. we see now, yeah, is that's Ricky. Which I think if it was Angela doing that kill, that adds this like added layer of crazy like genitalia hate well it which also is fucked does up and for, weird it does for ricky too yeah. like that he he's like fuck you you're not a girl anymore either i'll yeah. burn your privates yeah. yeah i'll murder your privates yeah yeah <laughs> fucked up but like i see a lot of people online and stuff that are like what you? that wouldn't kill you if you got that done he nope. also shoves a pillow on her face that and rams true, it down i, I feel like he's he smothering was, her too he is he I smothers feel, her. i felt like he was doing that just to cover the sounds of screams but, but dude the forcefulness at which he yeah, does it he's I smothering think, her yeah too. i think you're right in movie in movie language that was the pillow over the face means you're being yeah, smothered yeah. yeah yeah i think so yeah i mean in reality that would take three minutes it take a while yeah but i mean you're not gonna sit there and watch that yeah exactly so in movie language you're right that's that's long enough he suffocated her while also and again we're saying he because we've just accepted yeah fuck that it's obvious ricky yeah that ricky is is doing these kills what about the uh the canoe the canoe kill okay that one had to be Ricky. Angela doesn't really like all the only anger she would have towards that guy is him asking, Why are you so fucked up? Yeah. Why are you so fucked up? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. Like there's two guys hey, out there. Angela, in the why KC. are you so fucked why up? Why are you so fucked up? <laughs> Dude, and like leading up to that too. But they asked two... it like they were there was gonna be an answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you so fucked up? And beforehand they're talking about asking her to go skinny up and he's like yeah, I've been watching Angela all summer. She's fucked up. Yeah, that's as far as his head can go. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, is like, I wouldn't imagine that bony little Angela would have the physical strength to yeah. hold this guy's head underwater because that's all that you see is like the hand come up yeah. and dunk his head and under the water. And he says, uh, like, I mean, of course we get the, oh, it's you a number of times. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, classic Jallo. And, but the thing is here, if it had been Angela... He would have been excited because yeah. he wanted Angela to come out skinny dipping with him. So if it had been Angela, he mm. would have probably been more like, so, so oh, shorty. what are yeah. you doing out yeah. here? But if it's if it's the guy he just had a fist fight with. Yeah. Knocked his cowboy hat off. Knocked his cowboy hat off. Yeah. <laughs> then obviously he's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Yeah. And yeah, Ricky is stronger than Angela for sure. Here's some funny stuff about that canoe scene. So as they were filming that. Mm-hmm. So he goes out there with, I'm trying to remember what they called the girl that was on the canoe. It was like Linda or something. Yeah, something Because like the girl's that. on the shore that looked like fucking Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. They're like, oh, Linda's, Linda's coming down. Why don't you ask her? And, <laughs> I, like, I like that they're Joan Jett and the oh, Blackhearts. That is what they, they look were. like. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly what they look like. <laughs> Feathered hair and everything. I don't give a damn about my reputation. Shrek. 
<laughs> I love so, Joe Jet. <laughs> oh man, I love Shrek. Yeah, who doesn't? Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> so, as they were filming that part where he goes out with, you know, again Linda, I can't remember what her name was. Yeah, it may have been Linda. So the actress that's out there on the canoe and the actress that comes up off the shore are two different actresses. Did you notice yes. that? No, that's so, funny. <laughs> yeah, apparently the actress that was out there filming on the canoe got like seasick. Oh no! Like she couldn't be out there floating. She got sick, and so the actress that we see actually coming up out of the water—it's a completely different girl. Wow! And also, apparently, whenever that mullet kid that was wearing that dope like Asia shirt earlier—oh yeah—and uh-huh. the dope shirt with like the King Cobra on it too. Yeah, that guy had a good, good shirts, good shirts, good shirts. He also taught some mean shit. I love when he was at yeah. bat, and Ricky was like. Why don't you get the bat off your shoulder? And he goes, Fuck, Fuck you! you. <laughs> like, the instantaneous <laughs> hatred of everybody in this movie kills me. My stepdad says that all the time. I'll fucking kill you, That's Ricky. the impression you get. Like, there Murder! Is, there is not 30 seconds to this movie without some deadly threat being issued. What if this was just sometime. called Murder Camp instead of Sleepwalking? It might as well have been. <laughs> Shit. But, um... So, yeah, so apparently, too, whenever he flipped the canoe over, he, like, cut his hand wide open. Oh, like, shit. That canoe caused some major problems. Oh, God. But I love that scene you when cut that... cut your hand wide open and you're in a fucking Dirty-ass lake. lake. Oh, no. That lake had all that cool, like, mist and fog and stuff it on did. it, too. That was, it was cool. really cool. And, uh, yeah, whenever the, the lifeguard guy finds his body and he looks like the dark mark with, like, the snake coming up out of his head. Yeah. It was awesome. Such good kills in this movie, yeah, dude. Yeah, this movie is full of great kills. Mel's, uh, the, the arrow. Arrow! That, if you slow that down, you can see, you know, how it works. The fake, yeah. fake arrow on the string. And but then I can't the imagine how the back end comes up. But it, it looks great. An arrow even hitting an appliance right on your throat has to be horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it, it's not being shot by a bow at that point. It, they're just sending it down the, the fishing line. It looks like it's going fast, But though. it does. It looks like it's going pretty fast. But then, yeah, they had, like, the, the back... Well, the arrow head, like, spring-loaded in the back of his neck or whatever. Yeah. So it looked like it came out. It looks out. great. It's fucking tight. All the kills in this are also, I think, very creative. Like, there's, yeah. there's really nothing really in this movie that Jason would do, that Freddy would do, that Pinhead would do. Like, yeah, they're all very creative, very cool kills. Other than maybe like the, the shower stab, yeah, which again, clearly Mozart's knife, clearly Mozart's obviously knife. Obviously Mozart's knife. And Jeffrey Dahmer's knife. <laughs> it, it really looks, I mean, aside from that kill, yeah, everything is creative and, and it, it seems to come from a, an interesting perspective. Yeah. I would like to have seen more movies by Robert Hilsick. Me too, like, man. I think I think he he obviously had a different outlook on horror yeah. than we were seeing at the time. I think so too. And How- people were into it. It did well at, oh, yeah. at the movie theater. And it got forgotten somehow. Yeah, people just forgot about it. How completely. about all those little fucking like seven year old kids getting axe murdered in their sleeping bag? That's insane. Holy shit. It really is. You don't see that very often. You don't. Chopping up kids is not not really acceptable in horror movies. <laughs> not generally. Or really any movie. Um, and a lot of people misunderstand that too. And even the director said that he like regrets having that scene in the movie and stuff. Yeah. 
And I see a lot of people that are like, well, why the fuck did she murder those kids? That makes no sense. They threw sand at her after she was thrown in the water. Yeah. And yeah. like, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Like we were watching it. And again, I was okay. And I was like, why did she murder those kids? She's like, well, they threw sand at her. Yeah. And I was like, wait, did they? They did. And yeah, sure enough. That was enough. That was bad enough. But again, that seems like a Ricky thing because Ricky's the one who keeps yelling at groups of people. I'll kill you all. Yeah. So, like... Ricky is intense. <laughs> Ricky is intense. He's like Bonnaroo. <laughs> that intense? Intense. Tapping intense. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. <laughs> I think that this... Uh, I think that J.K. Rowling maybe modeled the safety model of Hogwarts after this camp. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Don't let anybody know all these kids are dying. Nobody will send their kids here some more. <laughs> very hogwartsy i think it is super hogwartsy yeah it's like well some kids just died i guess we'll keep the semester going yeah that makes sense <laughs> i mean we've all got to deal with death at some point yeah exactly <laughs> what do you think about um the way that the flashbacks in the movie are handled because okay whenever we are introduced right there in the very first movie to aunt martha yeah and the kids leaving for camp uh-huh. It's clearly shot like inside of a house. Mm-hmm. And then all the flashbacks that we see, like the flashback at the very end, and even like the gay dad flashback. Yeah. It's in this very weird minimalist yeah. scenery. Yeah, it's obviously shot on a sound stage or, or a black box just theater. Black room, yeah. With just minimal, like a bed. Yep. Uh, maybe a doorway yeah. that doesn't even necessarily have to be connected to yeah. a wall. And, and the thing that's cool, too, is like in the original scene at the first of the movie, um, there at the base of the stairwell, that wall has this distinctive like wallpaper. Uh-huh. And so apparently like the house that they filmed those scenes in was demolished and they couldn't film. Was it by demolition? Yeah, by Hawk and Animal. Oh, good. Yeah, Ooh. or wait, Axe and Smash. Axe and Axe Smash. Axe and Smash demolished demolition. it. <laughs> and so they couldn't film the other flashbacks that are at the end of the movie in mm-hmm. that house anymore. So they had to kind of like recreate the scene based on what they saw. And so actually even that that wall, uh-huh. it's a apparently a pane of glass with the wallpaper painted onto it. You can see through yeah, it. You, you can, can see the see blackness through it. through it. Which I think is so cool because like... It's memory. It's a memory. Yeah. And your memory for most people isn't truly photorealistic and you can see their breath in that memory yeah it's cold like it, in it's there. a cold memory yeah it's a cold memory yeah it, you she remembers being cold and it's like those flashbacks even though the scenery and stuff isn't complete i think that even though it was unintentional it makes it seem even more like a memory i think yeah that that's really fucking cool yeah it all works perfectly and i'm still to this day i've seen this movie uh, probably 10 to 15 times yeah like paying attention every single time and every time I'm I'm still trying to piece together why the particular flashbacks happen at the particular times that they do. Right. Now one that really hit me this recent time is when Paul is trying to get Angela to make out with him yeah, on the beach on the and beach. then it flashes back to uh Angela and Peter. Uh, Peter standing in the doorway, seeing Lenny and John in bed together. Uh-huh. They're not having sex or anything. They're just yeah. being intimate. Yeah. And they're, you know, giggling. And then there's the spinning bed. Yeah. Peter pointing at Angela. Peter, yeah. Peter just pointing at Angela and the finger moving closer and closer to her. 
And then it flashes back and she pushes Paul off of her and runs away. A quick note about that that scene, the finger pointing scene. Uh-huh. I get a lot of people getting the impression that it's just like, so what did like, was it like an incest thing? Like did the two no. kids fool around after they saw I that? Think... Was it a play doctor thing? No, actually, if you watch that scene, you'll see that, okay, it's like Peter and Angela, the camera's kind of spinning around the bed. Uh-huh. Peter's pointing at Angela. And then like the, the the scene will kind of fade into another angle and then fade into another angle. Yeah. Every time it does that, like Peter will be on the left, Angel will be on the right, and then when the scene fades, Angel will be on the Yeah, it keeps switching. They keep switching sides. Yeah, yeah you're it, seeing it, it Peter is, become Angela it is repeatedly. Our first clear indication that Peter is Angela. Yeah. It's right. right it's right there. Like yeah. if you look at how the fades transition into each other, you see Peter turn into Angela many times. Yes. Um uh, so right then though is it's one of the moments I see in this movie where Angela is realizing she's not interested in guys. So you're saying that she is starting to identify as I'm not, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be that she's not a girl. Yeah. Just that she doesn't want to kiss guys. She doesn't, she, she likes Paul. She wants to be his friend, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want to kiss him. Mm -hmm. But whenever Judy is around, she's staring at Judy. That's an interesting thing that you pointed out. Because even when they get to the bunks and she's like staring at Judy and Judy's yeah. like, what are you trying to do? Take yeah. pictures or something? Yeah. It's like she is just checking Judy out. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because man, oh man. Because man, oh man. You'll see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I hesitated to even bring this up. But in my notes, I was having trouble with it. Because one of the things about this movie is that we have to talk about Judy's boobs. Yeah, but make a big deal of them. By talking about them, we're talking about underage girls' boobs. Yeah, so that gets weird. So this is clinical. Yeah, truly. Judy's boobs aren't aren't big. No, she just has boobs. But when you're like 13 or 14, yeah, exactly. like any boob is like mm. the most boob. Yeah, so she just has boobs. Yeah, and that's a big revelation. Yeah. I remember when girls started getting boobs, and mm. it was like, do what? What now? What the what? Why do I like that? <laughs> I do. Now That's here, for certain. Here's a question when it comes to boobs and stuff, too. Uh, and again, totally trying to not be weird about it. Just yeah. Be clinical. So we can see watching the movie that Angela, again, being a 13-year-old girl in the movie, uh-huh. uh, I mean, she clearly has a physique of a girl. She, she has is, hips and a butt, and she's starting to develop boobs and stuff. She is. She had to wear like a a, a, a thing to hold her boobs down because right. when they cast her, she was completely flat. Sure, yeah. And then when they started to things record, things change fast. Yeah, things change fast at those age. Yeah, yeah. yeah check out that documentary. On, okay, on, you can uh, on YouTube. She talks specifically about like how they had to, Aww. but in certain scenes you can see Detail, like yeah, yeah, there are boobs there, but. Do you think that especially with crazy fucking Aunt Martha being a doctor and all, uh-huh. do you think that she was like sneaking her hormones and stuff? Was she sneaking her estrogen and huh. things to make her into a girl? That would make sense. Because she's she a doctor. A, she has a high voice. Yeah. She sounds like a girl. She's not growing a mustache yeah. and stubble like boys do in the 13. Yeah. I think that she's like sneaking her estrogen and stuff to make her a girl. Which uh, gives this uh, an even more advanced sort of idea that despite the fact that she's being pumped full of these uh, female hormones. She is still a boy. She's still a boy and she's still interested in girls. In girls. Right. Which is is what's making her doubly crazy. She's being forced even on a hormonal biological level to become something that she isn't. Yeah. Which, again, must be horrifying if that's the case for you. 
Yeah, it terribly would be. Yeah. If you if you were someone who uh, was born male and felt female and people made you live as male, yeah. you would constantly feel like you weren't at home in your own body. And that's how she's feeling all the time. Yeah. And she's being forced to be this way. And I even wondered if like Aunt Martha forcing her to be a girl, uh, forcing him to be a girl, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's hard. It, yeah. It's tough. <laughs> but like, I even wonder if like, young Peter had shown homosexual tendencies. Something that made her think that this would work or? Well, no. I mean, if, if Peter as a young boy showed an interest in other boys and she was like, well, we can't have this. Only girls can like boys. You must be a girl. Uh, yeah. Or like your gay dad made you gay. I must make you a girl. Now, that since you might like make sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I, I wondered about that kind of thing too. While I was watching the movie Gosh, there. Yeah. There's just so much. There's a lot because of layers this here, man. movie focuses more on creating a summer camp atmosphere and environment. And lets that weirdness of exposition just lie as it is yeah. and lets you just let your mind run wild. Like, why do these familial relations seem to exist the way they, they are? And, yeah. and who is with who and what is going on and why is this and that? All of that can be in your mind and it doesn't affect the rest of the movie the right. rest of the movie is just moving on it as a camp slasher it right it is what it is until the end of the movie when you can again confront all those issues and the end of the movie is just but fucking insane it's it's pretty wild it is the wildest ending of of any movie that i i can even dream of yeah like so as as the as the two counselors are approaching naked Angela and Paul on the uh -huh. beach where she's like humming and singing and they're both naked. Yeah. And she's kind of caressing him in his in her lap like he's a baby or something. Yeah, and he has a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, it even shows his uh -huh. head. Yeah. And then we get that crazy flashback to where, yeah, Aunt Martha's like, Oh, I've always wanted a girl. Isn't that right, Peter? And like then you're like, wait. What the fuck? And Peter puts his head up, and then it changes to fucking Angela making that crazy face, standing up, hissing. Soundtrack is going bonkers. She has a dick. Uh huh. Like so many bombs. It's like fucking Nagasaki in film form, <laughs> right there, man. There's just so much that happens in like two seconds. Yeah. Isn't that right? Peter stands up. Angela's a boy the whole time. Insanity. And here's the thing. Let's hear it. There's zero reason for the plot of this that Angela had to be a boy. No. Zero. Zero reason. It is zero. But here's the thing. is because we live in such a predominantly heteronormal, gender standard, yeah. you know, AB kind of world. And this is the thing about it that makes you think. Whenever she stands up and that severed head rolls out of her lap and you realize that apparently she's been the one murdering everybody all along yeah. and that she is this meek child, child, I don't care if it's a boy or girl, that has been heartlessly murdering people this entire time. Yeah. All that your mind is overtaken with is, oh my God, that person is not the gender that I thought they were. <laughs> that's true. You forget everything else that's involved with the revelation. Exactly. That you just got. Yeah, exactly. It, it's no, it's like all of that revelation erases in your mind. Mm -hmm. All of the, wow, this child murdered children. Yeah. And you just go, 
oh my god, a penis. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like that is that is how lizard brain we still are. Yeah. That that is what overtakes you as soon as you see that scene. You, well, that you is the not beauty. Think of that. that is the beauty. I think what we're always seeking after with horror films is for it to tear us down to our lizard brain. Yeah, yeah. For it to rip away all pretense and just get us at that exact core where you can't control yeah. your reaction. Yeah. Where it doesn't matter how progressive you are yeah it doesn't matter how okay you are how well transgender you are yeah, or yeah. or uh you know lgbt uh any any difference yeah that you accept logically and intellectually mm-hmm. uh when this can tear down to that very core element and make you go a dick on a girl yeah exactly that's yeah. all that it becomes like, yeah that's the thing about this movie is this movie isn't the oh the child murder movie it's the oh it's the dick on a girl movie it's true it's insane there's so many things about this movie that should stand out yeah. before that it's like oh this is the fucking pedophile cook movie <laughs> right. oh this is the Mel and Meg old man young girl movie <laughs> yes oh this is the movie where Paul thinks he's hitting on a girl and kissing a girl but he's actually kissing a guy movie yeah this is the movie with the gay dads movie no. Nope. This is the girl with the dick movie. The girl with the dick movie. What does that say about humanity in general? I don't think that it says anything negative. What I think okay. it it does indicate is that we, no matter how much we try to um, control ourselves, yeah. no matter how much we try to make ourselves be the selves we want to be, there is a there is an element of our humanity that is shocked yeah. by certain things. Mm-hmm. Um I think like maybe the simplest way to put this without like referring to the genitalia mm-hmm. is say uh, a spider. Okay. The way people react to a spider, mm-hmm. seeing a spider is I mean, a lot of us can, of course, just be like, oh, it's a spider oh, or whatever. Oh, not me. I hate them. Exactly. Most people see a spider and there's an immediate terror. hmm Why? Right. Like, the likelihood is a spider's not going to kill you. I, I haven't Nor been is it even going to bite you. Nor right. is it even going to get near enough to you to bite you. Right. But we all have within us, deep in us, a this fear, fear of, of spiders. And deep in us is not a fear of a woman having a dick, mm-hmm. but it's a fear of our expectations mm. connected to our sexual desire yes. being completely subverted. Right. That goes back to the thing I was saying about you being 13 and yeah. being like, oh my God, I thought she was cute, but she's a boy. Does that yeah. make me gay? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Like, Atray you? I don't want to be gay. Like, that's the thing that, like, any, if we have any 13 year old listeners out there who are yeah. saying, I don't want to be gay. I like girls. Yeah. Well, you're not gay. Yeah. But that is a thing so many 13-year-old uh, boys, girls, I imagine, yeah, sure. go through. Yeah. Is that like, well, well who, am I dude, gay? Who wasn't attracted to a tree, you male or female, as a kid? I don't know. Nobody. Can't I mean, think everybody's more. attracted to a tree. I bet David Bowie wasn't. Well, he was a bit Everybody older. else was attracted to him. A tree yeah. was attracted to him. Oh, of course. But David Bowie was like, eh, eh. take or leave him. Let's dance. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that you're right. I think it's the expectation versus 
what we're presented with is yeah. what's so shocking to us. Well, and, and specifically connected to sexual desire, because sure. when we when we allow ourselves to feel sexual desire, we actually let go of all of our other defenses. Uh huh. That's why um, anytime you see particular like murders in in horror movies where it happens in a sexual situation, like say in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, where those two kids get like impaled in the bed. Oh right. And it's like. Like that or getting killed on the toilet, those are two of your most vulnerable, vulnerable. times. Yeah. You've given up all like pretense of being able to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, we, when we've connected our sexual desire to something that ends up being completely uh, 100% reversal different. Yeah, what we it, it just pulls the rug out from under you at a wow. time when you are not prepared to defend yourself. Wow, yeah. And so... It's just all shock. And and that also puts it out there too that you know, and, and this is this is the greatest thing about horror movies a lot a lot of times is like they're they're full of sex and violence. Yeah. And by having the vicious murderer turn out to be a different gender than you expect, yeah, it fully throws it in your face. It's like what's scarier, sex or violence? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Is brutal killing, including killing children ruthlessly. Cause really up to that point. Not scared. No. I wasn't scared of anything. No. It was a camp slasher. It's fun. The soundtrack in Aunt Martha made me extremely uneasy. Uncomfortable. Uneasy. Yeah. But not scared. Even when you see the, the dead kids, it's like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Not All of it's just like those like mutilated sleeping bags. That yeah. looks so cool. It really it did. Great. It's a that was a good effect. Yeah. They did so well with not a lot of money on this. No. Huh? Yeah. Then that dude throws up like some some oatmeal or milk or something. <laughs> that's tight. But you know, it's like that's what that's the theme of this. What's obviously scarier is sex rather than violence. Yeah. Which is one of those things that's such a societal thing too, where it's like kids can fucking play as many games that want where they fucking decapitate and blow people yeah. up and stuff, but you can't see a titty. Ooh. It's like sex is way more forbidden yeah. and taboo than violence. It's bad stuff, man. Yeah. And I think that that's also a huge, a huge theme in this movie. So I think this flick is fucking phenomenal. I love yes. it. It's absolutely, without a doubt, my favorite 80s camp slasher. Easily one of my favorite horror flicks of the 80s. Easy one of my favorite horror flicks, period. Okay. Yep. I think that it's fucking phenomenal. The soundtrack does so much to make you so uneasy and just feel fucking weird. I can hear those orchestral stabs that you hear at the first and yeah. at the end of the movie and just feel really bad immediately, especially in a, in a, in a time where most of the soundtracks were very like synthesizer driven. That's true. This was not orchestral. That. Yeah. yeah. They went full on 21st century orchestral mm-hmm. score, which is really cool. I love the kids in this. I love that you get kind of like what we talked about at the burning where you feel like you're at camp. You see camp kids doing camp stuff. Yeah. It's not like just camp counselors training. Yeah. Like you have a Friday the 13th. It's like you're with the kids. They're doing camp stuff. They're playing ball. They're talking mad shit everybody's hormones and stuff are kicking in and turning them full fucking aggro insane at each other. They're I remember been out really hard. Dude, like that's the thing is you watch this movie and like how aggressive the kids are with each other is almost comical. Yeah. But dude, when I was that age, anything could set me off. Yeah. No, I remember being that aggressive toward yeah. each other hormones all the time. Hormones make you insane. Yeah. They make you a lunatic. Yes. And so I really liked that they didn't try to try to hide that. I mean, the amount of shit that Ricky talks in the movie 
is just fantastic. Some bad news bears. Oh shit. my god, it's awesome. dude. Uh, the pacing is great. The look of the flick is great. All the characters, I think, are very memorable, especially in, in a lot of these movies where you have just such two-dimensional, forgettable characters. Yeah. The characters in this are very, very memorable. Uh, I can't I can't say enough about it. And seriously, like seeing this with a clean slate is one of the most important cinematic moments I've ever had in my life. Like, yeah. In terms of like movies that made an impact on me and fucked me up. This movie gave me nightmares as a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. As a grown-ass man. And I have not been able to forget about it ever since. Like, whenever we started this podcast, I was like, I've been leading up to, I can't wait to one day cover Sleepaway Camp and try uh-huh. to put my thoughts about this into a show. Yeah. And try to word them out. So, you know, th- this this movie is one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this show in the first place. Because it is one of my absolute favorites. Um. Again, if you've listened to this, I hope to God that you have seen it. Yeah. And do everybody a favor and share it with them in a way that's completely subtle and lets them go into it with a completely open mind and clean slate about it. Don't let anybody know that there's going to be a twist, that there's anything fucked up. Just tell them, hey, this is a good flick. You should definitely watch it. Let's watch it sometime. You'll enjoy this. And just sit there with them. And watch them completely fucking melt down. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't wait to do that with many other people. I fucking love this movie. Um, and it's it's a fucking 10 for me. It's yeah. a 10 out of 10. It's not a perfect movie, but I agree. It's a 10. I just enjoy it so much. The, yeah, the no, imperfections of this are worth it. it yeah. There's some, there's some bad acting at points and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Sometimes the, the sound mix is pretty bad. Sometimes, a lot of times the music is way too loud. Yeah, sometimes Judy is hanging out with two guys and then two different guys in the next scene in yep. the canteen. <laughs> there's, there's some continuity issues for sure. Yeah. Oh, here's a, here's a fun one we forgot to mention too. During the very final scenes where you see um, Angela and Paul sitting naked on the beach, uh-huh. if you look just beyond in the foreground, it's kind of in the upper oh, yeah. third of the screen, you can see... The college guy that plays Dicked Angela, uh-huh. wearing the Angela mask, which is so terrifying, you can see him taking his clothes off to film his scene. Yeah. If you look really close, it's only there for like a second. Don't know why they sent him over there yeah. to take his clothes off. Hey, could you off, get but... in frame to do this? <laughs> Apparently, too, that guy has never come out and said that was him. That guy's identity has remained yeah. a mystery. I guess I kind of get that. He's a he's a grower, not a shower, and yeah. it looked like it was well, probably a cold night. He'd been in the water. He'd been in the pool. Okay. He, he got castanzed. He got castanzed. Yeah, it happens. Hey, man, I'm a grower, not a shower. I get it. Sure. I go from a little bitty baby dick to normal human-sized dick. Yeah, sure. Who cool. doesn't? Most Who people. doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. So I get it why you would never be like, I'm that dude. Yeah. But you know it, and yeah. you're probably pretty proud of it. Oh, dude, I'd be stupid. Like, he probably, I bet he told his wife. Come on, or sure. Or husband. Yeah, hey. He told somebody. He told somebody that. Yeah. So what's your... <laughs> oh, my God. What if he's a killer, and he tells people right before he kills him? <laughs> that was my dick sleep in my camp. Stab. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a 10 for me. And awesome. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't change a thing about it. It's great. No. Same here. I have so much nostalgia for it and uh, love it every time I watch it. Yeah. I really do. Every single time. And and again, I even love the plot holes because it just makes you try to figure out. Yeah. Like, how does this make, how can this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm way on board, man. Awesome, Awesome. dude. Best camp slash of all time. Now, Mm -hmm. next week on the show, what are we going to be covering? 
the final girls Woo! it is a movie from i believe 2014 or 15 uh stars taste of farmiga um okay. has adam divine in it okay yeah as you might know uh adam divine makes the comedy films mm-hmm. so it's a bit of a comedy okay it's also uh a, a very meta um camp slasher movie that has heart to it oh and is funny and equally a good horror movie. I've never seen it, so I'm definitely excited to check it out. What's, yeah. it, what's it streaming on right now? Boy, I don't know. Okay. I'll try to find uh, somewheres. Probably on, on the TVs. Oh, on the TV. Yeah, turn on the TV to channel two. Uh, okay, so I'll unplug the microwave. Yeah, and, good and idea. The, the stereo. Yeah. Okay. Don't I'll need check those. on the TV. Mm-hmm. If it does work on the TV, try the microwave, though. Is it in my car? It might be in your car. I'll check in my car for the Wait. Movie. Was it in your dreams, and then it got into your car? No, no, no. Get out of my car. Get out of my car. Get into my dreams. (laughs) Well, you guys, be sure to tune in next week when we'll be talking about The Final Girls. I look forward to checking it out, as I have never seen it. You guys can follow me on Instagram, at Ben Eller Guitars. Be sure to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It just takes a second, and it means the world to us. Steve, where can they find you and That's us? Steffel Sprudix. Steffel Sprudix. That's with a V. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast at Dead Lovely Pod. Um, uh, you can also email us deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Yeah, drop us some and suggestions. we have a great Facebook group. It's yeah. Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast. Join us. Join us now. <laughs> TVA <Join> Bank. Join us. <laughs> well, in the meantime, you guys have been absolutely fantastic we've been dead and lovely i'd like to dedicate this episode to my mother who was a doer yeah she did your dad what the fuck bye